Hi everyone, and welcome to this episode of AmeriCrown Dreams. When Jen and I were teenagers, almost, I could say, 15 years ago, which is kind of bonkers, um, what brought us closer was not just our love of Harry Potter, but also a plethora of books, movies, and television shows. Uh, they definitely had an effect on us. That is, that is true. Saying it mildly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, shaped the people that we are today, and definitely the romantic partners we wanted in our lives. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had picked out the traits that our husbands must have. Yeah. Um, and most of them were every trait that Mus- Michael Moskovitz had. So, yes. Know. So, we didn't really have... So, we definitely had really realistic expectations about our life. Um, but knowing what awesome people we are today, um, I would say that all this media that we were taking in as teenagers had a positive impact on us, and thankfully a few of them concern royalty. Uh, so that's why Jenna and I are excited to announce our first uh, series for AmeriCrown Dreams, uh, Formative Princesses of Film. Yay! Yes, yeah, so we'll be covering um, yeah several different films that have, yes, princesses or royalty or anything like that. And these are, um, these are movies that came out when we were in our tween and teen years, uh, for the most part, which is why they're formative films for us, and they taught us a lot about what... I think they really formed our expectations of what a royal person is like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so today we'll be looking at the 2004 cheesy teen movie, The Prince and Me, starring Julia Stiles. Yeah. And uh, while this film was panned by the critics, uh, it was adored by your podcast ho- hosts. And uh, we're going to dive in and take a look at this film and its themes as it pertains to our favorite royals. Yes, especially as an American who may be, have fallen in love with a handsome prince of a foreign country, and they have to marry each other, and oh my gosh, who does that sound like? That does. That does sound familiar. So what lessons, how many times do you think Meghan Markle has seen The Prince and Me? We'll discuss. Yay! Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Jenna. How are you? I'm good. Uh, it's It hasn't been too long since I saw you last. No, we're recording on Tuesday instead of our regular Monday because last night we went to the movies and we didn't see The Prince and Me. Unfortunately, there were no screenings showing it on the large screen. That'd be awesome. Though I'm pretty sure we saw that movie together in theaters back in the day. I bet you're right because I was actually trying to figure out how like I was introduced to this movie because I didn't have cable as a kid, so I definitely didn't watch it in any other way but unless like we I, maybe rented it from yeah. back in the day a back in my day when we went to blockbuster and then walked around the <laughs> the, the aisles just willing that there'd be a good movie available it right. never was right so i imagine that we i'm sure we saw it together yes but I, it, I but i can't remember i feel like we must have so yeah. that's a, a fun interlude but we didn't yeah. see it what did we see we saw girls trip um two thumbs up from Indeed. me it is so good. I We're late to the party. Um, I know it's been out for a while at this point, but I cannot emphasize enough that you should go. Extremely funny, and um, I will just say that the character Dina is amazing. Yes, she is. And she, I mean, there's, it, you can't even talk about it. So yeah. I knew I really wanted to see this movie just based on the trailer. Our book club went to go see Fifty Shades of Grey, whatever the second Fifty Shades of Grey movie Shades. is. Oh, I Fifty don't Shades Darker. Darker. Yeah. There it is. Yep. And because we like to have an excuse to go drink wine on a weeknight and go to a movie. And uh, this movie, I think, had a trailer before that one. And 
it I remember laughing super hard at it and thinking I really want to see that and then the reviews came out and it was really good and the weekend it came out my husband was out of town and I was like oh I'm bored um maybe I should like I and also my my dad was out of town and my brother was out of town so I was like maybe I'll reach out to my mom or and or my sister-in-law to see if they want to hang out and then I thought for like five milliseconds about asking them to go to this. And I was like, I can't sit through this with my mother for sure. No. And then I thought about it more critically. And I was like, I can't even sit through this with my sister-in-law. Like <laughs> we get along great. I love her dearly, but like, it's still just awkward. But And now that I've seen it, I'm very glad. This is yes. not a family film. No, no, definitely go with people who, um, you're not yeah. embarrassed to tell a sex joke to or yeah. hear one in front of because right. There are quite a few of there them. There are, and uh, I was surprised. It's I guess it's because I haven't honestly watched like a, a like an R-rated movie that's like a comedy like that in so long. Right. So I was just like, usually when I'm watching an R-rated movie, it's because it's like a, a drama. Right. <laughs> well, and I had just watched Bridesmaids was playing on TV. Okay. And that was probably like the last R-rated female-centric comedy mm -hmm. that I've watched, and I know that there are a lot of parallels being drawn between the two because it is like the story of female friendship and the endurance of of girlfriends you know above all but like they are very different movies I mean the themes are on point mm -hmm. and also it's it's notable for the breakout performances of the two kind of like more side characters like Melissa McCarthy yeah. everyone sh knew who she was suddenly because right. of this movie it's not just Suki Yes, Girls. which I didn't. I didn't watch Gilmore Girls, so I had no idea who she was oh, okay. even before that. But um, yeah, it's oh gosh, I feel really. It's Tiffany Haddish, right? Is oh, that her gosh. name? Play I... Dina. Haddish is the last name. I cannot remember. Yeah, I'm like been watching her stand up stuff online. She also has a stand up. Special. Oh, is she a stand up? Okay. Yeah, it just came out on Showtime, and she told. Yeah, it is Tiffany Haddish. Okay, okay I feel good. Um, she also, people might have seen her telling Jimmy Kimmel uh, the story about going on a swamp tour with Will Smith and Jada, <laughs> which is one of the most delightful pieces of television yeah. I've ever seen. And because Tiffany Haddish has been, um, she's been in show business and like, you know, working as a comic and as an actress for a while. And so that's why people are, I think, comparing her to Melissa McCarthy, just because this is her breakout role, I mm -hmm. think. And I'm hopeful. Yes. Like, I want her in everything. She's so funny in this movie. It's so good. Yeah, so anyway. we would definitely recommend it if you need a break from your, your royal-centric lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. Because we thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, very much so. Anyway. So, yeah. Moving back on to our, what our podcast is about, or we can go into... The news. the news. Yeah. So our first topic of the day is also, it continues. I know we're just full of films today. Segway. Uh, yes. Uh, is that uh, there's a rumor that uh, Prince William and Prince Harry will be in the next Star Wars coming out um, in December. Uh, the Last Jedi, I believe, is the, the title. Um, according to um, some of the cast members, they were like, oh, we might be seeing, you might see them. We don't know. It might have been cut. John Bodega, who plays... Finn in the films is the one who did an interview with Vogue and uh, said something about it. And they might be stormtroopers. So they're the guys who are like in those white plastic yes. outfits. So it might have also been cut. 
Um, so who knows? I'll be looking out for them when I go watch the film. But I mean, stormtroopers, though, the whole most of the point is that you rarely see them without their helmets. Right. And it's super funny. So if I was reading this and my husband was in the room, he'd get really mad because apparently from like the previous films, they talk about how all the stormtroopers are actually clones, clones yeah. of Boba Fett or Boba Fett's dad or something like that. Well, I mean, I just know Attack of the Clones, like, yeah. they're supposed to be, and that's when they had, oh, I saw that movie in theaters. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. And I mean, yeah. like, it was just, you know, if, you know, in, like, How Not to Write a Screenplay 101 mm-hmm. is that movie. Oh, for sure. Um, especially a love Beautiful. scene. Good God. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do know that they're supposed to be clones, and yes. so. So, I mean, who knows if we'll actually see them, but uh, yeah, they might be in a in a blockbuster hit this year, so we'll see. They would look really hot. Will they get any royalties? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Pun. Nope. Okay. Nope. I allow it. All right. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, oh, and now I'm going to say, speaking of the drum noise I just made, uh, as we know, it's still August. There's still very little happening on the Royals front. Uh, the one... Uh, it, event that happened in the last week was the Royal Edinburgh military tattoo, which Prince Charles and William showed up to. Um, so they were at Edinburgh Castle, right? I but saw the pictures. Right. I saw the pictures on Instagram. It looked or were they familiar. at the Palace of Holyrood? Is that in Edinburgh? Eh, I don't know. I just know that I think it's at the big one that's on top of the hill. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've been to Edinburgh. You've been there. Yeah, I've been know. there. So, yeah. you know, the one at the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't go into the castle because I think, I think it cost money to go in and it was like cold and almost yeah. like almost closing. So yeah. I just went in the gift shop. I think, no, I think you are right that it was because I think they were at Holyrood before doing like a pre-engagement for the, the tattoo. Yeah. And they... Or something. But anyways. So they were there. A, a military tattoo. For those of you who don't know. It's not like how my grandpa had an anchor on his forearm from the Navy. It is a military <laughs> performance or parade. So pretty much it's the word tattoo here is from the Dutch. Words for tap toe. Which is fun because I'm guessing there's marching happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so... Prince Charles showed up wearing a navy uniform, which makes sense. Wills was wearing a tux. Yeah, it was which kind of... he must have been going somewhere afterwards, but there was no announcement of like what else was on his agenda. Yeah. So possibly a private fundraiser or like maybe he's like Jack Donaghy and he goes, <laughs> It's after six. What am <laughs> I, a farmer? <laughs> and so he decided to wear a tux. But they both looked good. They drank out of a ceremonial cup. I don't know what was in it. It might have been in the Instagram I think it caption. was whiskey. Oh, hey. Because Prince William apparently drank it, and then he was like, oh, that was gross. Okay, Wills, come on. You can do it. You can he's, suck it up. He's more of a white wine. and Does he drink white wine spritzers? <laughs> oh, yeah. No. That's Kate's drink of choice. Is it really? Like, yeah. Like, so every time that they talk about, like, whenever, like, they go to a pub or something and have, uh, have dinner or something, like, when the paparazzi, like, go to, or, like, the reporters go to interview the pub. Yeah. Like, oh, Kate. Kate ordered a white wine spritzer. Kate, oh, get a cider. Yeah. Like it's so much better. I, white wine spritzers are delicious. I actually did try one at a wedding after I read an article. I was like, I've never had one before. What is? Is it just white wine and like? Is it's it like white a, wine and pretty much like 
like a seven up or seven Sprite? Up. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm sure it would be good. It just seems right. so like sugary. Yeah. Yeah, but she's had she has two kids, and so she might be experiencing the thing where that I've heard of, where sometimes after you have kids, like one sip of alcohol, and you're like either asleep or like you know a little tipsy, and mm-hmm. so she might want to be watering it down. Yeah. I mean, I drink red wine and and Coca Cola, which is weird, mm-hmm. but um, something that I learned when I was studying abroad, and it's actually surprisingly good. So yeah, I guess I shouldn't knock it. I do something. It was good. Similar. And then one time I was at a wedding, and then I was like, I like this. I actually, I would make this. I was, I forgot what wedding I was at, but someone was like, can I go grab you a drink? And I was like, I will have a white wine spritzer. And they brought me back a red wine spritzer. What? Yes. Yes. How is that a, like, what? How drunk was the person who got you the drink? I do not know, but I was not happy about it. I don't think that's a thing. So I did not drink it, because I tried it, and it was disgusting. Because, like, first of all, I don't even really like red wine. And, two, like, I can drink a little bit of red wine, but I get, like, I feel like I kind of have, like, allergic reaction. Yeah. So I don't The tannins, probably. I I don't even know if it's a certain type of wine or anything, but, yeah, sometimes I react. So I was just like, no, I'm not drinking this. And then I went and got my own white wine spritzer. Well, hey, you do what you got to do. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, yeah, this was, a, I think, a, a successful small event for them. Um, we won't go into too much detail about yeah. what exactly is involved, but there's some pretty pictures of them drinking whiskey in front of a castle. Yeah. So Watch a video. It's, yeah, it's a cool light show. There's fire, Ooh. bagpipes galore. Yeah. So, yeah. Kilts. Are kilts. there kilts? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I would bet. On some of them. On yeah. some people. Not yeah. on Wills and, and Charles, unfortunately. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah. So, go for that. Um, but yeah, so since uh, they were in Scotland, which is usually the, the the break period for the royal family, we saw Wills and we wondered if Kate would be nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did get a... a a, a, at least a view of her, not for very long, but at least a car arrival photo of her at Kathy Kirk, um, the chapel where the royals um, celebrate church on Sundays with the queen. Mm-hmm. And um, she was in all uh, rewears, but she was wearing her, um, some people say, it's, I think it's a plum dark purple coat, but some people say it's a chocolate coat. It's from Hobbes. Um, she was wearing that large brimmed hat um, that's navy. It's her breakfast at Tiffany's hat. And then she was wearing, um, it was actually really difficult to tell, but people actually, you know, they zoomed in enough to tell she was wearing her L.K. Bennett uh, Addison dress, which um, she wore when she met the Obamas in 2016 when they visited um, the Cambridges at Kensington Palace. Yes. And there was the adorable um, bathroom photo. Bathrooms photo with Prince George. The drinking game for our podcast Take a shot anytime we mention the bathroom photo. Yes. It is bound to happen at least once an episode. Yes. Because we're obsessed with it. It is. We should really just have a photo. It would be so cute. Yeah, let's replace all of your husband's video game nerd paraphernalia yeah, with just this... a shrine to adorable baby Yeah, royals. this X-Men shrine can go away. Yeah. And we will just have print... we'll just have photos of people be like, are these your children? And we'll be like, no. No. They're they're not related to us. <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah. So uh, that was kind of the only thing we don't know if um, Charlotte and George were with them, but uh, hopefully, I expect to hear an engagement happening soon. Um, but we haven't heard anything announced. But we should soon. And when she says engagement, everyone, oh, she means sorry. she means yeah. like a something on your schedule. Yes. Instead of uh, like hopefully, I mean both. We are hoping Let's, for both types of engagements. Yes. Yes. 
And then um, just, I have more of a recommendation for um, a news article you guys should read um, is so the milliner, um, Jane Corbett, who has designed several of Kate's more um, flatter or her disc hats. She hasn't done like any of the berets or anything. Um, she announced after 20 years of being in the hat business. Um, she's she, going to hang up her hat? She's going to hang up her hat. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm on a roll today. You are. Um, so that she's going to be retiring. So um, yeah, she's made quite a few toppers for Kate. And um, there was a really great article um, or post from Jane from the blog Berkshire to Buckingham. Um, and she does a wonderful tribute of her work. And I would highly recommend the read because it kind of shows that Kate started wearing um, Jane Corbett even before she was engaged and before she even met Queen Elizabeth and everything. And kind of the evolution from just the everyday Kate to now, you know, continuing Duchess. to wear her yeah. Yeah, to the Duchess. So really good read. Yeah. I always love reading articles on those websites that do such a good job covering fashion because mm -hmm. like talking about what she wore in the car. Okay. Yeah. Looking at it, I can see like, yeah, I kind of recognize it, but it's, it's one of, it's hard for me to tell though, because I see the photos most of the time after they've already been identified. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's no way in heck I could ever pick those items out and right. recognize them. There are a few dresses out there that I would obviously be able to tell right away that she was re-wearing, mm -hmm. but when she's wearing a coat and like a hat, I, those, everyone who runs those blogs does right. fabulous they're, job. They're awesome. And if you're listening, once again, we would love to talk to you. We'll interview you. Yeah. Don't you want to hear your voice on the radio? Indeed. No, just kidding. Podcasts, <laughs> the internet. And another piece of interesting news <laughs> that comes up is that a slice of cake from Will and Kate's wedding cake is coming up for auction. So if anyone is near Chiswick in September, you can go to the Chiswick auctions um, September 27th, and they will uh, be selling a slice of the cake. And at first, when I read the headline, like I, I couldn't remember. I knew that they had a fruit cake. And, you know, fruitcake is, you can keep it quite long. Yes. Like, that was the whole point of fruitcake was before people had fridges and grocery stores near at hand. You could make this cake and then there's no way it's going to go bad or get dry because you literally spray it with booze every single day until it soaks it all up. Yeah. My husband and I made a fruitcake once for Christmas because we were bored. We were like, let's make, let's get into this project. It was so boozy, but we just sprayed it for like a week or like. So it's kind of like a plant. It. Kind of. So what what you do is you water it you, with booze. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so nowadays they told it um told us to get like an empty like spray bottle like oh, that you okay. would you know if you think of like a cleaning supply on a spray bottle, but you can buy the ones that are empty, and you're supposed to just once a day you keep it under you bake it and it's pretty much like a normal heavy cake that has a bunch of dried fruit in it and then you put it on your counter and you cover it with like a dishcloth and then once a day you like pick up the cloth and you spray it with booze and then you put the cloth back down and you're supposed to age it for a, at least a week before mm -hmm. you eat it because it's supposed to get better and better and so some people I think Will and Kate's fruit cake I think I remember it got aged for like at least a month or something mm -hmm. with just getting booze sprayed on right. it every day which Okay. Yeah. Um, so wedding. So I don't know if this is what that cake is, but again, I was like, well, what does this piece of cake look like? How did somebody smuggle it out? I'm yeah. thinking like 
did somebody bring like a Ziploc bag in their purse? They, put it, <laughs> and they put it wrapped in. it in the napkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, but actually, the cake was given out as a wedding favor from Will and Kate. And so, or, or no, not from Will and Kate, from uh, Charles and Camilla in a celebration. And so it comes in a commemorative tin. And it's actually, the tin itself is great. I, I don't know, know if I want to eat the cake. Yeah, it's kind of like, I, at least when I got married, we did not save any parts of our wedding cake. Yeah. We, because our baker was like, oh, we'll make you a, you know, a, a mini cake you can have at your one year. And we were like, cool, because I don't really want to freeze this and, and eat it. Yeah, defrosted cake. I mean, it's fine. It's cake. Right. I like it. Yeah, we're just going to, I think similarly, we're, we didn't worry about saving any of it because um, mm-hmm. we can just go. I don't know. If, I don't think we get a free one, but who cares? If we bought one because we got carrot cake at our wedding because, mm-hmm. but they, for the place that does our cake or did our cake, it was a seasonal one. And so we couldn't try a sample. And so they're like, well, you will make you one if you mm-hmm. just like buy a sample. And I was like, I will always have an excuse to eat a lot of carrot cake. That sounds great. So I think we'll probably just go and buy another whole topper again which Mm -hmm. hey carrot cake sounds delicious but here yeah so i mean it'll be interesting to see what this one sells for apparently in 2014 um a slice of the cake came up for auction and it sold uh at julian's auctions in california for nearly six thousand pounds so i don't know if anyone has ten thousand dollars and is in chiswick or can place a phone bid then go for it. I would say right. get yourself a piece of cake. Great. And that tin will last a very long time. Yes. It'll be very similar to the um, Wasker, Walker's shortbread biscuit tin that yeah. I have that I got in the duty-free shop a year ago <laughs> that has um, Will and Kate on it. And I had to buy it just because I was like, I want this tin. Yes. Yeah. So right. I think the last thing think on our agenda... Is our Megan news. Yeah. So Megan um, wrote a story, or at least an article, for Glamour um, celebrating, I think it was um, it's the com- Suits. Suits 100th episode. Yes. And it was about the formative women in her life. Yes. The title is Megan Markle, The Ten Women Who Changed My Life. And the article is what the title says. It's a list of ten women who she writes about as being influential. She writes a short blurb about each one. And we don't want to go over everyone on the list, but I think we'll each, we'll just, well, I can say the the one that was really interesting to me, because I had heard of most of the people and, or had been able to see them, the Mm -hmm. the person on there who is not a public figure is her mother. Uh, Doria Ragland, and she talks about how her mom is a yoga instructor who does social work, and she works specifically with the geriatric community. And so she talks about how her mom has been um, nurturing and caregiving and uh, just being a good role model in taking care of other people. And then she also talks about how her mom is a free spirit because she's got dreadlocks and a nose ring. And how she just ran the LA Marathon. So, I mean... Sounds really cool. Megan's mom is cooler than I will ever be. Yeah. She's a cool mom. And she's also... But, like, not in the Amy Poehler from Mean (laughs) Girls way. 
not in the Mrs. George way, right. like in an actual like cool person who I would like yes. to have a beer with one day and like just listen to her talk at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that was really interesting. And there's like a really cute picture of uh, Megan with her mom. It mm-hmm. says photo courtesy of Markle's Instagram. Yes. So, um, and it's just. It's just really sweet. Yeah, and I think there's, like, for example, she mentions Rosie the Riveter as one of her um, formative women, and uh, she has a cute little story about her her young days of activism. Yeah. So um, I would definitely go ahead and read it, because, yeah, it's a, it's a listicle. It's yeah. Ten, ten I mean, and Madeline Albright's sure. on there. The one person who I gave a little bit of, like, I, you know, one of these things is not like the other. Which is, Julia Roberts is on there, which, the reason she says she was formative, which is, um, she was the first person she saw on screen and said that inspired her to want to become an actress. Well, you know, everyone else on here is, you know, I don't know. I've just heard, anyone who knows what aloe vera is knows what I'm talking about. That's all I'll say. (laughs) But, I mean, like, Toni Morrison's on there. So, like, again, the juxtaposition was a little bit baffling to me, but... Yeah. Right. So but it's yeah. interesting and I don't know, this is the second major like news uh magazine or magazine that Meghan Markle has written an article for kind of recently. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering obviously it's a little bit different. You can't compare Meghan to Kate exactly because Meghan is a public figure and was before she started dating Prince Harry. But it kind of makes you wonder, is she somebody who we're going to hear more from, even in the these stage of the relationship and then into the engagement and when she becomes a, if, if and when she becomes a full-time working royal, what is that going to look like? Because she clearly takes activism very seriously. Yes. And, you know, she is out there, so. Yeah, so, yeah, it will be interesting because, yeah, I have to wonder, like, when she wrote some of these articles, like, how long ago did she write them? and When was yeah. the contract signed? When right. did the ink dry? Right. Um, so I think, it, yeah, so, but I think they're good, and I think they give her a, you know, once again, kind of show her authenticity as, as far as, like, a person, which, I mean, can't hurt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's always really nice to, you know, see more about, positive female like the female role models who shaped her and mm-hmm. stuff i think this is a lot about a person and you know you can learn a lot about somebody and it's nice to get the opportunity for her to say it even if it's just through this mm-hmm. like short blurb then for us to have to speculate about you know obviously she seems like she is and i mean i think she is a feminist and that's heartening for me to know and not have to like be <laughs> like oh okay what's what's her stance on things right. so Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's on uh, Glamour's website if you want to check it out. Yeah. And so yeah, that's kind of the end of our news for this episode. Uh, but we have some exciting news, at least for us. For us, we got our first fan mail. Kind we of. We did. Yay! <laughs> from a per- correction, from a person we don't know already. Right. <laughs> this was not somebody, one of our friends accosting us at a party or bar and saying, hey, why don't you talk about this? Or asking us a question, which we always love. We love Mm -hmm. you, friends. But we are excited that we're reaching more than just the people who we've bullied into listening (laughs) in person. (laughs) 
exactly. And yeah, and it means someone had to have listened or gone to one of our social pages to get our email address. Um, so I'm sorry if I incorrectly pronounced your name, but um, we wanted to thank uh, Shallyco, I believe is their name, uh, for their message. And uh, they had a question for us. Yes. Um, and I too have had the same question in the past, and it was how, uh, so this is what the the email says. Hello, I, uh, well, I'm going to skip over the flattery. Um, I was wondering if I could get some suggestions on which biographies to read. I've never read any of them because I'm indecisive and I'm afraid I will pick a bogus one full of BS. Thanks. That is a very good question. Yes. Obviously, if you follow us on Instagram, you will see, you'll have seen Caitlin's um, post to our uh, account that was the library shelf where she got the biography of Anne uh, that we talked about last week. And there are, it seems like a hundred. Right. And that was just one shelf. There was two actual shelves yeah. full of books. And that's not even obviously every book that's ever been published. Right. And so there's a lot to wade through and it can be really hard to figure out which biographies are worth reading, especially if you're going to buy them. Because, you know, if you check one out from the library and you're like, mm, this is, this is fishy. I don't like it you know, you just return it. Or like me, you forget to return it and then you slowly accumulate up to $40 in late fees. But, uh, you know, if you're going to buy the book, you really want to make sure you're going to get your money's worth. Mm -hmm. So I have an, I'm going to talk a little bit about how I would approach this. Besides getting recommendations from blogs you trust or listening to us because we're so wise, Indeed. I would say there are First, there's two categories, really, of royal biographies out there. There's the historical and then the more modern day is what I'll call them. So modern day, I'm going to define as anything that talks about Queen Elizabeth II and onward. And and the people of her era. So Princess Margaret would also fall into that. Mm -hmm. The historical ones are going to be everyone up to King George VI. And my thought is on the historical end, you want to be it's going to be more like reading any other historical biography. There's not always going to be, uh, it's, there might be some of them that veer more towards BS, um, because they want to sensationalize things. But for the most part, it's probably written by a historian. Historians, most of them really are, you know, upfront about their methodology and how they compiled their research. There will be a nice fat bibliography in the back. And you can really see that the person has put a lot of thought into the research. So whether or not you want to read a historical biography, I think will have to do with whether or not you like the author's writing style. And if you're interested in their, the thesis that's driving the book, because you know, there are probably how many books out there on Henry VIII, for example, to pitch a new book on Henry VIII, you have to kind of come up with your own unique spin on it. And so sometimes that'll be something that will be really interesting to you. So it might be like looking at Henry VIII, you know, specifically through the the lens of like the food of the era. Yes. I don't know. It'll be something like that. I don't know if that book exists. It probably does. But it'll have a spin on it that will probably appeal to your viewpoint. And so those are kind of the considerations to come into. Um, one book that I can talk of that is falls into this category that I really liked is a book called uh, Matriarch, Queen Mary and the House of Windsor, and it's by Anne Edwards. 
And this is talking about Queen Mary of Tech. So this is a King George the Sixth mother, Edward the Eighth's mother, wife of King George the Fifth, grand uh, goddaughter of Queen Victoria, mm-hmm. and a very very interesting person. And so, so Queen Elizabeth's grandmother. Yes, Queen Elizabeth's grandmother. You will, if you've watched The Crown, she is the one who smokes like a chimney yes. and is the one who curtsies to her um, and after uh, Elizabeth's father dies. Mm-hmm. And it's really moving and it's a really impactful scene. She's so fascinating because of her family and like her background and how she was raised because she was royal, but she was poor. A poor royal, so she kind of had to live off the charity of her other royal relatives. And it's just really interesting. Um, it talks about her fighting with her mother-in-law, which is uh, Alexandra, which she was apparently a piece of work. Um, and it's just really interesting. And it takes you all the way through all of these really important royals of the pretty much of a century. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend that one. It's also just a good read. Yes. It's a very long read, though. Yeah, it's long. You have it, it's to... not it's not a page turner. Like it's not scan it's not scandalous like that. You're like I'm reading a People article and you're gonna yeah. It does take some time. And I'll say that like uh, the historical uh, biographies, I'd say on the whole tend more to be more like you reading a book that you might be assigned for high school history yes. class or college <laughs> history class. They're not necessarily going to be salacious. I don't know. Probably a lot of Henry VIII ones are, mm-hmm. um, but. It's going to be, you're going to want to read them if you are actually interested in learning the history. Mm-hmm. And if you are, it you'll you'll get through it pretty quickly, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the more modern ones, when you get to talking about people who are currently, who are still alive or who whose legacies are still very much like being protected. So, you know, even though Princess Diana has passed away, her, you know, her brother, her sons are still out there trying to make sure that, for example, her per- any personal writings she has that they wouldn't want out there, they're not going to be up for grabs. Um, and so with the more modern ones, the pe- you, I would say look at the moti- motives behind the person who's writing the book. Because there are a lot of them out there who are really trying to humanize a figure, and they may be doing that by... I think that those ones are... I, I tend to like more. Um, they they go into some of the more sordid details of a person's life, but they're not being expletive, and they're not making up random crap, which some of them do. Like... Um, the idea for this podcast came because uh, Caitlin, for was it Christmas? I think it was your birthday. Maybe my birthday. Oh, sure. Yeah, probably yeah, was my your, birthday. Yeah, it was your birthday. Kate gave me um, uh, this book and asked if I wanted to start a royal book uh, book club with her. And I was like, great. And then I was looking around and couldn't find any podcasts on this topic and was like, let's talk about it on in a microphone. And then we were like, mm people don't like reading books as much, maybe. (laughs) Also, to talk about a book, it would take hours and hours. So, um, so the book she gave me is this book called Game of Crowns. Okay, that is a, an example of, I would say, a tabloid-esque biography. The whole first chapter, we might talk about this book in a, in a future podcast. The whole first, like, part of the book is set in this fictional future wherein Queen Elizabeth has died 
And it like is like Kate's drinking tea at the dining room table when she gets the call. Or when they get the call, and William turns white as he hears the dreaded word. It's like this insane thing, and it's clearly just written to sell books. Yes. It doesn't really give you any new perspective on anything that's out there. It, I I don't know. It's just this one guy's... It's kind of like fan fiction, is what I thought yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, and it definitely... Yeah, it's definitely more about introducing conflict that probably doesn't exist. Yeah, the whole moving like device behind the book is like it's the cover is the Queen, Camilla, and Kate. And it's like trying to set them up as though they're in opposition to each other. Yes. And now I don't doubt that at times they are opposed to each other's interests because they're people and people are always opposed to each other's interests just incidentally. But I don't think that this is I I mean it's almost making it like it's Game of Thrones. I don't think one of them is going to murder the other one's child in cold yeah. blood to cement power. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and so I think it's setting it up to be like there's scheming going on when I don't know that that's a thing that yeah. would happen. So, again... So that one's full of a lot of BS. But, okay, <laughs> but I will also say, sometimes reading those books, as long as you are aware that it's feeding you a yeah. lot of BS, they can be really entertaining to read, because you're like, what the hell is happening? Right. It was definitely a bonkers book. I was like, could this get any more... Like, could... Th I was just like, what? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, so... Uh, I would say that for these more modern biographies, um, look around at just the... Look at who the author is. And also, like, do they work for a tabloid? Are, what what publication do they usually do? What other books have they written? What other biographies have they done? How often do they publish books? If they're a person who writes, you know, quick turnaround biographies of famous figures, it's not necessarily going to be super in-depth research. It's going to be more, you. this person is a really fast writer and they can you know, turn something around quickly so that we can make some money mm -hmm. at Christmas. Um, so I would say look at that and then just the, uh, the other side of the coin is true also. Like there are sometimes the royally sanctioned biographies we've talking about Anne's, uh, the, uh, what was it called? Princess Anne, a modern day. Or, modern royal of our time. Yeah, modern. It's over the, on the other side of the room. Right. So <laughs> that one was written you know, with the approval of Princess Anne. And now, not to imply that she lied in any of it, but you're not going to paint the whole picture there. Right. Um, the, the queen isn't going to want, you know, her to tell the story that she might think is really funny or, like, might be an actual formative thing. You know, she probably got in a big fight with her mom once, but that's because we all have. All mm -hmm. of us <laughs> have gotten in a big fight with our mom. But that's not something that's in the book. So... I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt. I would say download if you um, if your library does ebooks. That's my new obsession. Is it's super easy to check out ebooks on your um, smartphone or tablet or Kindle even, and you can sample them at least before you buy. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. for the modern ones, we had a few recommendations. Yep. Um, the one I've read uh, is called the Diana Chronicles. This is about Princess Diana, obviously, and that's by Tina Brown, and that that's one that, yeah, there are a few salacious bits in it, but for the most part, you get the idea that she's really trying to present a, an accurate picture of who Diana was with the, the knowledge that she has and without going off 
like the deep end randomly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then um, I've read Diana, Her True Story in Her Own Words by Andrew Morton. And uh, to an extent, Andrew Morton, he has updated this book several times. In fact, he's releasing a version. I don't know. It was maybe in the last couple weeks, but to coincide with the 20th anniversary of Princess Diana's death. Um, But what's interesting about his book is at the very beginning, he he just puts... um, just full transcripts. Um, he actually interviewed Diana. Okay. And so um, he, yeah, so he interviewed her and he just has the full, like, written transcript, text transcripts of those conversations. And it's just interesting to see, first of all, to just see how she talks about experiences like um, Charles's, you know, affair with Camilla and that kind of stuff. And um, I thought it was nice to kind of see that. And then and then after you read those transcripts, because that's, like, the first, like, 30 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely a page turner. Because it honestly, like, as I was reading, I was just like, it's just, she's just, like, obviously she has her point of view and there's other points of views. Um, but it's just generally by that part, I'm just like, you have just had a tragic, tragic, sad life. Yeah. Yeah. And then he obviously goes into a full biography, but he pulls in her message, her, her story. Um, and backs it up a lot or back and is able to back up a lot of what she says. So I feel like he was, it was thoroughly researched. Yeah. And with the Diana Chronicles, a lot of times it'll talk about times that Diana spoke publicly about her life and it'll either support, either support what she says by Mm -hmm. pointing to incidents that are known or kind of say, you know, this is a thing like they'll, they'll couch some of the more unbelievable claims that she made in certain interviews where Mm -hmm. it's, and it's really more to just say like, yeah, she might be, she sounds really bitter here because she just, it was just the worst part of their breakup. Mm -hmm. You know, they did get, things did get a lot better for between like Diana and Charles before she died. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, once they got over the hump and of the, the acrimonious divorce, and then they realized that they both had the same goal of, raising their sons and not traumatizing their kids. They actually had an okay relationship with each other. Yeah. Weren't best friends, but who can be right. Uh, not me. So it would do that. And then it would just kind of shed light on what else was happening in the world at that time. So it was, yeah, a more balanced perspective. Yeah. No, that sounds like a definitely more balanced. Cause like, for example, that this Andrew Morton book was, Diana had it, did these interviews in secret. Yes. And then it was released while she was still a member of the royal family. Yeah. While she was still, yeah, married to Prince Charles, and it was definitely inflammatory. And, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and there was some malice in getting it out there. Right. I mean, I've, and again, we're not saying it's not true, but right. it's, it's what she's choosing to share. Yes. And so, but again, I think the more you read on these things, the more you can kind of tell for yourself and also Mm -hmm. we can just empathize while you're reading like i would probably if i had acts if i was going through a divorce i would want to set the world on fire and do it via uh scathing Mm tell-all you know right um for other on other topics uh there's a book on the on the other side of the coin there's Mm -hmm. a new book out on prince charles called um prince charles the passions and paradoxes of an improbable life by sally bettle smith Mm -hmm. And that I haven't started. I've heard it's great. Um, heard great reviews. And mm-hmm. Caitlin, you are halfway yeah. through? Yes, I am halfway through it. And I think it's actually really great. Um, I don't think... It, so far, I don't feel like it's taking one side or the other. And it really does talk about... He does have just, yeah, this really complex and and weird position in life. And um, 
And so I've really enjoyed it. And I feel like it's so well researched. It's, it's a, quite a long read. It reminded me a lot of Matriarch mm-hmm. in that like there's lots and just every minute detail is there. So it's a very thoroughly researched one. Is there a little bit of, you know, like, you know, scandal and uh, a little bit of, you know, tabloid in there? Absolutely. Like, I don't think you can really, there's, I think it's really difficult to publish a book these days on the Royals and not, you know, have that, try to, that, yeah, little try, sensationalism in there. Try to tell your editor that you don't want that. Right. And your editor is going to work, who works for the publisher, is going to say, yeah. no, we, are you kidding? We want to sell books. Like, we yeah. have to talk about these, these things. Right. That's because everyone remembers this. Right. I think that's another difference with the historical ones. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people were around when those things were happening. So, like, you know, in the Matriarch book, it'll talk about, like, the various scandals that happened in mm-hmm. the other royals. So even just talking about the abdication um, of Edward VIII, like, not a lot of people, you know, at least who are listening to this podcast, likely were around when yeah. that whole <laughs> crisis was happening. And so it's um, it's it's a little bit more removed and it's a little bit more fair and balanced, I would say. Yes. Than something that is, you know, now where everyone's like, everyone remembers the tablet covers. Like yes. I, um, I get trivia email every Tuesday, mm-hmm. and like the person who's been on the cover of People magazine the most is Princess Diana, which that's crazy to yeah. me because she has not been alive for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess my guess was it was going to be like Marilyn Monroe or um, Elizabeth Taylor. Right. Because Elizabeth Taylor, she had a, you know, very long life and she had a lot of marriages and divorces and yeah. scandals in her life. So I was thinking it was going to be her, but you know, that's what sells. And so people are going to try to inject mm-hmm. that stuff in there. Right. But yeah, you're absolutely right. When you read, the more you read, the more you can tell. Cause I feel like, I've read, you know, Diana biographies, which more skew to that Prince Charles is not so great. Right. But after reading and starting having to start to read this Prince Charles, The Passions and Paradoxes of an Improbable Life, you know, I feel like that it gives you at least a balanced view of of their their situations and their perspectives. Yeah. Humanizes him. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, then you also have on here the making of a oh, royal yes. romance, William, Kate, and Harry, uh, Look Behind the Palace Walls yes. by Katie Nichol. Yes. So this one, Katie Nichol, she is actually the author from the Daily Mail article you wrote about yes. Meghan and Harry's The Rosé romance. romance. <laughs> right. Um, so this book, it definitely has some sensationalism, but I think it does a good job of, there's just honestly, there's just not a lot about Kate. Yeah. To know or to, that, to find out, you know, so... wasn't it that she was writing this book and then the news of the engagement came out and so she kind of hurriedly tacked in some information about Kate? So she actually published, so she's actually, most of her books have been published about Will, Harry, and Kate. Okay. Um, And so she has an original book that's about just William and Harry. Okay. And then when the engagement was announced, uh, that's when she added in the the Will, Kate, and Harry or added the Kate into pretty much this title. Okay. And rolled in, yeah, some the several... few snippets that we know of her. Yes. Yeah. So so, so it's when you could find that girl she knew from middle school or whatever mm-hmm. it's called in England. Yes. Who, you know, talked about how she had the picture of Prince William. Which, like, who didn't have a picture of Prince William on their I wall? I did. I mean, if you were of a certain age and you were um, interested in men... 
Yes. That was what you were, you, of course you were like, right. look at this guy. He's got blue eyes. Yeah, exactly. He's handsome. Um, even though she says, like, they actually asked her that question when they did their interview, and she said she had the Levi's guy. She didn't have yeah. William. Well, see, but that's... And I don't even know who the Levi's guy is. I'm going to look this up. I'm but, sure it was just some guy with his shirt off. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, but I thought it was, a, I think it's a good one, because it does give you just kind of a good perspective of how they met, and kind of, a, yeah, it's pretty much all the information you're going to know about Kate without, um, you know, obviously it being just rumor. Uh, and then Katie Nichol did write a art, or a, an entire book about Kate a few years later. Yes. So she eventually gave her a full a full book. And I've tried. But I haven't read that one. It, it's not available. Maybe it is now, but it wasn't available for e-readers. Like you couldn't buy it from the Kindle store in America. Oh. Because I kept wanting to read it and would yeah. go and check every once in a while, and I, you know, didn't want a hardcover book. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, but. So then I'm, that's why I advocate, use your local libraries. Um, Indeed. And hopefully that'll come out. And then once it does, I will read it in one evening. Yeah. Guaranteed. See, I wrote, I just typed in Levi, guys, in the first picture. Oh my gosh. It's Will, Will and Kate. In their engagement <laughs> shoot. Yeah. Because hmm. that's where she mentions that she didn't have. Or their interview. Yeah, their, their interview. Where she mentioned she didn't have a picture of him on her wall, that she had the Levi's guy. But I don't know who it is. Anyways, I'll yeah. report back later. <laughs> That'll be in the corrections, upcoming yes. corrections, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that's our roundup. Thanks yes. for the question. And I will put a plug in to, if you have any more questions or want us to talk about a particular topic, we are obviously quite open to that. And so you can reach out to us. I'll just give the, the email account at this point. Um, mm -hmm. dreams at gmail.com. And we will um, possibly address what you, you ask. All right. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Going forward to the first film in our in our series, Formative Princesses of Film, mm -hmm. The Prince and Me, um, currently streaming on Hulu for those of you who's, who who belong to Hulu. Also, I think it was on YouTube because I was trying to see the trailer or I was actually trying to watch the trailer for The Prince and Me 2, the straight to video <laughs> sequel. That one is the entirety on YouTube started oh. playing. I was at lunch, uh, my lunch break today and started like thinking I'm going to watch the trailer because I'm interested in the plot. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden like this whole hour and a half movie. <laughs> and I was like, no, you can't get sucked into this, Jenna. And it, yeah. oh, it's so cheesy looking. Oh, so cheesy. It does look bad. But I guess this is where we should maybe warn you of spoilers. So yes. if you haven't watched it, <laughs> this movie is 111 minutes long. Oh God. Yeah. It's actually quite short. So, and it's so good. It's really good. It's like I said, it's on Hulu. It's rated PG if that's of a concern to you. I was surprised it was rated PG because they have like a parody of Girls Gone Wild videos in they it. They do. Um, but it's just really it's a really fun thing. It is by no means a good film. No. It is awful, but it has some great lessons that we hope Meghan Markle has absorbed yes. and can apply to her own life. And so, I don't know, we'll probably just talk about this, like, I don't know, maybe just go through, go through the movie. Yeah. So I think the, so at the, we, at the beginning of the movie, we kind of are brought into two scenes. Yes. And that's the lives of 
um, Paige Morgan, a senior at the UW Manitowoc, or well, no, she's from Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Yes. But she goes to UW Madison. Okay. In Wisconsin. Is she a senior? The timeline of this movie oh, yes. is insane, and yes. I will have to ask a million clarifying questions because. Um, yes, she is supposed to be a senior so, in college. Okay. Okay. All right, and this, actually, I think but, I know where you're going with this, but go ahead. That's insane. Well, I don't want to get to jump to the end yet, yeah. but like, then the timeline to this is what the hell? Okay. Right. Anyway, so Paige Morgan, Paige Morgan, like we said, from Manitowoc, Wisconsin, um, and she was raised on an organic dairy farm, and she wants to be a doctor, right? Doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So it starts with her, the opening scene of like the credits, it's like red blood cells floating across yes. the, the screen, <laughs> but like they're pink. And the best, the, how you know you, immediately you are watching a movie from 2004, is it cuts to her adjusting the microscope and she's wearing two beaded thumb yes, rings. Oh my God. And I wrote down thumb rings. <laughs> oh my God. Because who, oh God, those rings. There's lots of rings. Yeah, because she actually switches to, like, a metal ring later. He wears a pinky ring, which I'll talk about. Yeah. um, So she's she's there. She's working at a doctor's office? I think she's maybe, like, a research facility? Well, no, because she talks about this guy got needed stitches. Stitches. And so she gave, they let him, her stitch him up. That's not malpractice at all. Uh, she, I feel like I she, thought it was like a coworker, so it was like okay. Oh, maybe yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. She's in some kind of lab. They give her a Danish with a candle in it. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Indeed, she's gonna eat a Danish later. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So that's. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Go okay. Ahead. So then we cut to Copenhagen, where uh, a BMW pulls up and zooms around and parks dangerously, and who gets out but uh, Prince Edvard? Which I would like to say that when um, Paul and I were oh I'm pregnant by the way, but Yay! I should that's a whole other story but when Paul and I were trying to come up with names I was like Edvard? And he was like what? what? That's so random and I was like don't tell him it's from a 2004 cheesy team movie. No I won't. Yeah. I'm gonna actually just imp- gave your baby w- the sex of which we do not know a onesie that just says Edvard <laughs> Anyways continue But yes but uh, the best and again the fashion choices make it so apparent because the sunglasses he's wearing are those dumb early 2000s sunglasses that are like picture Enrique Iglesias or Ricky Martin or any member of NSYNC wearing sunglasses in the early 2000s. And they're like those low, they're like if you took aviators, but chopped off the round bits yes. at the top and bottom. So they're squarish. So they're kind of squarish, rectangularish. Yeah. And they're just thin and they're like thin wireframes and they, everyone looks awful wearing them. It's, that but so then he's like they're going to have a car race and he's going to race this dude and there's a bunch of hot ladies and randomly just like they're gonna close down all of Copenhagen so he can race but it was kind of like it seems like they were kind of like on the outskirts like they were on country road or at least they they ended it started in downtown like right by the cafe where they were which (laughs) okay thanks for keeping people backdrop Though, though I will say he was being responsible and wearing a helmet he was. The other race car driver, or the other car racer person, he was not wearing a helmet. No. So, 
Good. Good for Eddie. So then we're jumping back and forth kind of between the two because Paige is in a race of her own. We don't know where she's going, but she's running late. Dang it. Those stitches made her run behind, and she's stuck behind a tractor, which, if you're not from the Midwest, does happen. It does. If you're on a country road, there is a chance you are going to get stuck in two lanes behind a tractor moving super slow. Or an Amish buggy. Or an Amish buggy. Depending upon what part of Minnesota Minnesota or Wisconsin you are in. Yeah. And super frustrating because it's hard enough to pass a car. Uh, Those are, like, really like a tractor that takes up most of the road is it's a lot, but she eventually gets around it and Eddie wins his race, but not in the way he wants. Damn it. The man he's racing lifts his foot off the gas at the end. And so he just let win because of his princeness. He can't handle losing, but dang it. He wants somebody to be treated. I don't know. He wants to be treated well. Yeah, he wants to be treated as an equal. Yeah, he wants to he win. He wanted to win those because he has. There's a bunch of ladies who then surround him and they're mm-hmm. like, "Edvard, oh my god!" And then he like kisses, kiss, 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 makes out with two women at the yeah. same time. And then the like photographer, the same two photographers who are always everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they only hired two. They only hired two, two paparazzi. <laughs> two paparazzi actors <laughs> like start taking pictures of him <laughs> kissing these two women. It's weird. And um, but we, I think we should note that this uh, Edvard, who's the Crown Prince of Denmark. Yeah. Um, looks a lot like William, but he his personality is a little bit more like his younger brother. Yeah, he's he's um blonde hair, blue eye. I mean he looks yeah. Danish. Yeah. It's not it's not too far of a stretch. He um blonde hair, blue eyes, and quite handsome. Indeed. Um handsome. but yeah, it was not not anything we ever saw William do, which was no. get photographed smooching a bunch of ladies at once or being naked in a hotel yeah. after playing strip pool. But, yeah. And the actor, I'm going to just cut in with some tidbits about the various actors. So Paige Morgan, so you can picture her if you haven't seen the film, is played by uh, Julia Stiles. Mm-hmm. This is in her, po- this is after 10 Things I Hate About You yes. and Save the Last Dance. And it's just before the first um, Bor- Jason Bourne movie comes out. So mm-hmm. she her career is red hot right now. Yes. And um, so also it's interesting because this movie, like every freaking movie she's in, except for maybe the Bourne ones, has Shakespearean, Shakespeare as like a major part of it. And I don't know what the heck is happening with it. She was in, going through her IMDb, so... Obviously, Ten Things I Hate About You is a... Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew. It's like how Clueless is, is of Emma. It's mm-hmm. like a loose adaptation. I don't know about Save the Last Dance. I don't think that has Shakespeare. But she was in Hamlet. She played Ophelia. She was in a, the movie O, which is the modern remake of Othello oh. with Josh Hartnett in yeah. it. And she plays Desdemona, the like Desdemona character of that. Um, and so, I don't know. That's a lot of Shakespeare-centric movies. I guess maybe what it was is that the early 2000s, because I bet... Oh, I get it. It's because Romeo plus Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet came out and made a ton of money and everyone was obsessed with Leonardo DiCaprio. And so all of the Hollywood studios were probably like, we got to get in on this. Right. This is what the kids want to watch. Shakespeare's cool. It's like rap. It's like... It was the remake mm -hmm. of... Now we just have stupid remakes. They just had at least classical literature remakes. Yeah, but like... None of them. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You was great. Yes. Original I, remakes. Yeah. Is that a thing? <laughs> Adaptations of classic literature. Yeah. yeah. Like, set in modern times. Yeah, not like 
21 Jump Street. Right. <laughs> Which is fine, but, like, come on, guys. So, so she's red hot in her career. And this is, so the guy who plays Eddie, his name is Luke Mabley. And if you've never heard of him, that's because he was in literally this and the direct-to-DVD <laughs> sequel. He played the same role. And that's how you kind of know. It's like, ooh, it never happened for him. Yeah. Because when you're the only person reprising their role in a direct-to-video sequel. Right, and there was more sequels made after, but he's not even in those. No, but still, it's kind of sad. Yeah, which is unfortunate, because I think that they had good chemistry. So Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I disagree I, with that. I think <laughs> I don't think he's... I don't think Julia Stiles is very good in this movie, mostly mm-hmm. because I just hate Paige so much. I want to shake her and tell her <laughs> she's an idiot. Um, and, like, he... Also, he, I think, I don't think it's hit the actor Luke Mabley's fault. I think it's that the character, his character's written insanely. So, but anyway, he didn't really go on to do much. Um, but, um, the, so, so anyway, going back to the race, the parallel races. So yes. we see Eddie wins his by default. Paige gets to her destination, which turns out to be a church where she is a bridesmaid. Yes. For her, uh, her friend, her high school friend, and apparently she is the last one standing from her friend group who's not engaged or married. Mm-hmm. And so she's supposed to be twenty-one in this yeah, movie. Yeah, she'd be twenty-one. Yeah, if she was a senior, and she's obviously not a super senior. Or yeah, a baby genius or something. Right. So, and she drinks beer, so she's at least twenty, like in public. So she's at least twenty-one in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, I mean. Having all being from a small town, that is actually a lot more. I can't say like pe- people in Minnesota also do get married a lot younger than a lot of my friends mm-hmm. from college who are like, I was the last of our friend group, like one of the last of our friend group to get married, mm-hmm. and that was last year. And I mean, every I was one of the first of like my college friends to get married. So it's just kind of it's it's true, right? People have different. There's different. Uh, cultures and yeah and in a small town it is it's also true that like you know people get married young but i don't like the value judgment like she clearly well right it was the classic like oh i'm just gonna get married and then i have to like have children and just stay at home that was yeah that was her perspective which like no they're not just gonna stay at home they're probably gonna go work and like have a fulfilling career like it's not the 50s page right you know, I know you let your, live on a dairy farm, but, like, your mom also works. Right. It's like, you go to school at Madison. Like, yeah, like, for crying out loud. You should know better. All, all of your <laughs> other friends are not married. Your other college friends, like, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah, so she's a little jaded about, you know. I mean, I can, I guess I should, like, not be too hard on her for that. Because, like, I was a piece of work that know it all back when I was in my early 20s. Like, ugh, love like it's marriage is a construct which like yeah you know some of it is but there's also some help uh, it's really nice to be on my husband's health insurance i'll just yeah. say that um so she she's it's set up pretty early though that she wants to see the world mm-hmm. and manitowoc wisconsin isn't going to do it for her and so we know she's i don't know she's she's up for something so we jump back to eddie and we get his first, our first look at his life in, as a royal. Um, his little sister, so the, his family is the king. I don't know their non, 
king and queen names. There's the king and the yeah, queen. I don't think they were really... Okay, the king okay. is played by James Fox, and he's a British actor who plays posh Brits a lot. Do you know who the queen is? Oh, I sure do. I did not recognize her. <laughs> it is Miranda Richardson, a.k.a. Rita Skeeter. Yeah! From Harry Potter. And I was like, she's so good in this because she's, like, sounds super Danish. She does. And so, um, and she was also recently in the um, BBC, I think it's BBC, most recent adaptation of the Agatha Christie, and then there were none, that came out last year. It was on PBS. It's super good and super creepy. And she played the, um, the like, mean old lady, older lady. Oh, okay. I'm not going to spoil anything, but, like, she... Uh, she plays like the the stick in the mud. She's really good in that too. So that was fun. And then Arabella is the he has a little sister who is at least how old is Eddie? I don't know. I just assumed that he was the same age since he started going to college as a senior in her chemistry classes. But right, it's movie magic. It doesn't really matter. I mean, uh, I would say twenty five. Yeah, maybe Unless he didn't go to university. Yeah, it's so weird. And then he's got this little sister who's at least 10 years younger than him. Oh, for sure. Her name's Arabella, and she's there to be like, I'm British and posh, and oh, oh, I'm so happy to have a sister. That's later, but... Yeah, so and, the, and show that Edward's, like, a great big brother, and... Yeah. Despite the fact that he's a wild child. Yeah. Okay, the, that actress, her name is Eliza Bennett, which... Yeah. That's a bold what? move. That's a bold move <laughs> taking uh, Lizzie Bennett from Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good, but whatever. And she's been in quite a few British TVs, uh, TV shows and mm-hmm. miniseries and stuff. Um, so that's that's his family. We see he's his parents are up in arms at his philandering and racing and stuff. Why won't he just step up? And oh. take on his royal duties. Right. Yeah. Instead of being a playboy. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe because you didn't make him go to college. Maybe. <laughs> he doesn't have a, a quite of an understanding of what geography is. Or, right. like, where Wisconsin is and what it is. Or, like, the internet. Right. And then, don't they... He's supposed to be in a meeting where they're, like, trying oh, yeah. to do a trade negotiation. Or, like, yeah. a labor union negotiation. And he's, like, falling asleep and just doodling. He's flirting with the only woman in the room yeah. at first. And then he's drawing <laughs> a car. And this, the, at the beginning of that meeting, um, the king, that's when you first know that the king is going to die. Not in this yeah. movie, but eventually, like, yeah. soon. Because he, like, trips when he go, walks into the room and everyone's like, oh. And he's like, I'm fine. And that's always what happens. It's like, in a movie, it's a trope. If somebody coughs... Like, a, like an, even if it's like a, <laughs> they're going to die by the end of the movie. And it's, it's a Chekhov's gun that is so dumb because like, what, what, what is he sick with? We never find that they out don't. either. Ugh. It's not important. There's only 111 minutes of this He's movie. just laying in prone in bed and needs to abdicate within yeah. like two weeks time. It's right. insane. Um, but we, um, we see Paige get dropped off at school and we meet her friends did you look yeah. up who her friends are played by? No, I didn't. But the girl who, her like, the main friend. Yes. Um, That's Elizabeth looked, Watterson. Yeah, she looked very familiar. She's but. on that show Quantico, apparently. Oh. That's the most recent thing. I didn't notice anything else. The, the other friend, the other friend who is white, is the person who played Carolyn Craft in Mean Girls. The, oh. Yeah. 
Which, oh. that's not something you would call because no. she clearly put on some fake unibrow to yeah. play Carolyn Craft. For sure. Um, and stuff. But the friends are Beth, Stacy, and Amanda because this is set in 2004. Right. So we have Paige, Beth, Stacy, and Amanda. Um, forever. And they go to a bar, which is in their school. Yeah. Which... Well, it was funny. I was reading an article. So they filmed most of this in, um, I think it was... Canada. Canada and Toronto. University of Toronto and yes. York University. Yeah. And so they were, they did like, they actually showed all the pictures of like all the places. And so it was a bar. It is a bar on the campus. Okay. But it's not, um, I mean, it's not set up the way that it's not like in a basement or anything. Right. But everything else, they're just like, here's our library. And yep, they, this is where the stacks are and all that. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah. And I was just kind of like interested because i yeah i don't know my yeah. school did not have a bar on campus um so st john's does which yeah. is a college that's north of minneapolis and st paul they have a bar on campus yeah but i feel like it i mean it, it would make more sense in like canada for it because the drinking age there is 18 so right. a lot less id checking and fake id trying stuff like that. I don't know. In my college town, everyone just went to the same bars that let in underage people. Mm -hmm. Like, like everywhere. Or every college, most college towns, I should say. Um, so, Eddie storms out of the meeting. This is the whole, this is insane that this is the whole, like, thing that starts the plot (laughs) moving forward. He storms out of the meeting because he got called out for not paying attention to this very important talk. He grabs a fence, an a pay a fencing sword stabs a very valuable <laughs> painting with it flops down on throws the sword at Soren his poor valet and Soren. and then flops down on the couch turns on um the TV to catch a thief is up for like 2 seconds which is funny cuz Grace Kelly's in it and mm-hmm. then he turns it and it's a girls gone wild parody um and it's all about the babes in Wisconsin okay I was going to look this up and I forgot to. What year did Love Actually come out? Was that 2001? Yes, because it would have been post, or 2002 or 2003, because it would have been post 9-11. Yeah. Okay, because in the, you know, the plot in Love Actually where the creepy caterer guy goes to Wisconsin. Yes. What is with this idea of, like, Wisconsin girls being, like, like, that would have been funny if he, like, made a reference to that. Like, Mm. kind of been like, well, it worked out for that creep dude like yeah. he showed up and all these women and he was like a he was a caterer he didn't have it i'm a prince of course i'll get tail like make some kind of joke but that just struck me as really funny like yes. the similarities Where's there perception maybe it's because like they always talk about the biggest party schools and like madison yeah. is already always you know Madtown is always the the party school but i don't know why how you equate that versus like I would just be like oh I'll go on spring break yeah I'm sure I'll see what I want there or like the internet exists at this point it does so you can go and you can say hey what is it and then he would just all you would have to do to go to Madison to meet hot drunk girls is to go to Halloween all you need to do you know PSA that's the if you're not if you don't want to enroll in college you can still go have a great time by visiting Madison and their Halloween (laughs) thing so yeah, it's weird. And yeah. so he decides, based on some blurred out lady boobs that are on his TV, that he's going to go enroll in school in Wisconsin. And his mom's like, what the hell? And he's like, I'm going to do this on my own, mother. And then... So he's going to get cut off. So then he's like, <laughs> he's like, I don't need your money. And it's like, 
okay. Yeah. <laughs> but how, when did he enroll? What is the, again, timeline? Right. And that's the thing. It doesn't matter. I think I think it was the beginning of the normal school year. Yeah, but you but right. To, they don't discuss, like, applications. They don't discuss applications. They don't, under like, it says he left at the end of the semester. Yeah. But it's like, it doesn't look like it was uh, winter. winter. in Denmark. No, right. it was not. No, it was like. Or in Wisconsin. Right. And so it's all, it's so confusing. And so it doesn't really matter is I know you have to just, you have to just let it go. But it's so, but see that it makes me feel like it reinforces my idea that Paige is a moron. Like this whole thing. I like Paige is an absolute idiot who should not be a doctor because she doesn't know how to put two feet, a foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. If this is how smart she really is. (laughs) I do not think she should be trusted with medical care of human (laughs) beings. There's no way in hell Johns Hopkins would let somebody who's taking... Also, you don't take organic chemistry as a senior. If you're a chem major, you take it as a a sophomore so that, that you can promptly fail it. I'm pointing at myself. This happened to me. And so that you can promptly fail it, and then you can reevaluate your life choices. Yeah. It was not pre-med, but, like, I wanted to study animals. and wanted mm-hmm. to live in Yellowstone. And I'm not allowed to do that anymore because I failed organic chemistry because it's hard as hell. Yeah. You also have to go through inorganic chemistry, which is why yeah. Eddie couldn't just show up in a lab coat. Yeah. Ugh. Right. Ugh. So this movie makes no really no sense, but but chemistry is important because that's what this movie yeah, is about. But, like, what they can do then is make him a student in her general chem and she's a TA or she's a she's a lab assistant. She works for the professor. This is just lazy writing. And no well, right. And, but they wanted to show that she was smart and, you know. But they're not because if she was smart, she wouldn't be. I like, was duped into believing she was smart. I know. But... <laughs> It's also, also, I mean, like, she pretends she doesn't, she doesn't know where Denmark, like, she, like, doesn't, who's ever heard of Denmark? Okay, spoiler alert, there are a ton of Danish people in Wisconsin. There is a town called Denmark, Wisconsin, that is 30 minutes from Manitowoc. If she was from there, she would be very familiar with Danish people. Right, just in general, as Wisconsin is very heavily tied to its European roots in its drinking. Yeah. So. And as a person who married a man whose Danish roots came through Wisconsin, like, it's not, everyone knows what that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy. So, yeah. So, anyway. So, even like, and here's another thing that doesn't make sense is, like, ten minutes after Eddie gets to um, Wisconsin-Madison, you know, to start yes. studying. He's already out of bunny. Yeah. Well, that's because Soren's <laughs> been poaching eggs in his dorm room. Indeed. And, uh, you know, that's it. So do you know who, um, do you know who his roommate is? No, but I bet you're going to tell me right I now. I am. So Scotty, the roommate, who is a, like, he's the stereotype of, like, the metalhead video gamer roommate yeah. who's got food allergies and is very territorial. Scotty. He's played by Devin Rattray, which I didn't recognize the name. That's Buzz McAllister from Home Alone. Oh. So Kevin McAllister's older brother <laughs> with the tarantula oh my gosh. Uh, is the roommate, which I did not recognize him at all. But that I freaked out yeah. when I realized. Um, and I like the line that he had, which is about his Xbox. If you screw up any of my high scores, I'll blind you with my laser pointer. Which <laughs> <laughs> that's I feel like that's an accurate... Uh, portrayal of uh, several video game nerds we know yeah. in our lives. Um, so it's pretty funny. Uh, we mentioned that um, it's not UW-Madison, but it's shot in uh, Canada. Um, the palace, which is where most of the scenes in Denmark are shot, that's not the palace. I just want to 
mentioned it's not the real royal residence but it is a beautiful place oh yes it's um fredericksburg castle um it's currently the mean it's been the museum of national history in denmark um since 1878 it's in hillerud north of copenhagen and so it was built in the early 17th century as a palace by king christian the fourth but uh like i said it was converted into the a museum in 1878 so yes they did have access to this very beautiful royal place so that's like like the library there i want to go to there right it's really good so even though they just they skimped on you know reasonable plot lines and yeah. reasoning at least they didn't skimp on at least at least the look and the backgrounds and all that because yeah there's not a lot of green screen no and i would be interested to know like what whether there was any like tourism dollars that like Denmark pumped into the movie. Cause sometimes when you watch a, I mean like there's a ton of um, like a, in Minnesota in the er, mid or nineties, there was a tax like break for film mm -hmm. like to come here. So that's why you have the mighty ducks jingle all the way. All of those movies that are set in Minnesota randomly uh, angels in the, or not angels in the outfield, um, uh, oh, little big uh, league. Yeah. Like, you have all of these movies that we grew up with, like, in the heyday. And, um, like, one time I went to the Mall of America because Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen were filming a movie there. It was awesome. And... That's cool. Yeah. But, like, there was this tax loophole. So, like, you know, that'll just lure people to come make movies there. So I'm wondering mm -hmm. whether Denmark was like, sure, you can film... Or at least you can film here for free. Yeah. And we won't... You know, make people want to come to Copenhagen. Right. So they can meet a prince. So, yeah. Uh, so from there, so they, so how, so Paige and Ed, Eddie meet because, yeah, he's out of money. And. Well, no, you're missing the first time he hits on her. Well, yeah, but that's when, oh, you're right. Yeah, because he goes for his lunch or dinner. Dinner. Or they're they're having beers, and he's wearing a snazzy red blazer, which Soren removes for him. And Paige <laughs> watches from like a booth and is like, "What?" And this is why Paige is an idiot. She, again, so he's wearing a red blazer. Soren removes the blazer from him and then like hangs it up, like doffs it and and hangs it up. He's wearing a pinky ring. If any guy I was dating in college was wearing a pinky ring, and it's clearly like a signet I was ring. Gonna, I was gonna say it's like it's like a seal. So, if a guy's wearing a pinky ring, I'm not saying I wouldn't date him. I'm saying I would ask about it. Oh, mm -hmm. is that your grandfather's ring? Like, mm -hmm. is that where did you get that ring? Is that your high school ring? Why are you wearing that? It's just an unusual fashion choice for a college age boy to make. Um, so he is then creepily looking at her through the bottom of an empty beer mug. She makes a joke about how with line and kugels, you can taste that really taste the extra 10 cents. Um, and he goes up for a refill and asks her to take her top off. Just like flat out. True love. He's had two beers tops. Maybe. I mean, he, maybe he had some shots with it with his roommate before. Maybe, but like what? It's just out of left field. And again, he what is what is what is his end game here? It's not like we've seen him do this successfully in Denmark. Like him kissing girls who like are up like flirting with him and like twirling their hair and like wearing skimpy shorts, and again like hugging him and cheering him on. Okay, that's one thing to like then feel like yeah I can kiss these people, but like what? I don't know. So then she squirts him with water, 
which reminded me of another great movie from this era, <laughs> which is Coyote Ugly. Yeah, we won't go there. And so then the bouncers kick him out. But Soren is like, excuse me, excuse me, like, don't do that. Because also, why doesn't he have some better security? Like, again, the internet exists at this point. But people weren't that, like, people didn't stalk people as much yet. I think that they, and I don't think you had much, as much of an online profile. But yeah, it, I, the fact that Paige couldn't figure out who he was, like, I don't know, I guess I would have Google searched for it. Yeah, but I mean, they, that wasn't a thing yet because you didn't really, you know, Facebook was so new and... Yeah, but, I mean, we had, like, the internet was still... When you're that public of a figure, you would know, and, like, your and school I, would publicize it. Right, and I'm sorry, he's so hot that he yes. wouldn't... There's no way he wouldn't have been a celebrity. Yeah. He's so hot. Yeah. Like, it would be, like, who's hotter, Will or Prince Edward? Exactly. You know? So, I mean... But once again, movie magic. This is about a love story between a normal girl who falls in love with a prince. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we talked about the chem class already. They are forced to be permanent lab partners, even though he insulted her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she runs after him and is like, you can't screw up my life. I need this class. I'm, I'm applying to med school. I'm going to go to John Hopkins. But like, also, she would have had to take the MCAT already. Anyway, she yeah. needed to know where go for that. Yep. Um, so then he apologizes to her and she's like, okay, bye. Which I actually think is correct because yeah. you just need to, you know, do that. And then he randomly quotes uh, Shakespeare at her. Yeah. And then she calls him a, quote, Shakespearean dude Lord, Duke Lord guy to her roommate. <laughs> And then the roommate wisely is like, you should jump him in the stacks. And, um, yeah, it was like, listen to her. Right. Your friend is so smart. Yeah. So this attractive European boy is paying attention to you. Yeah. You should be so lucky. Yeah. Even though he did ask you to take your top off. Yeah. (laughs) Well, then she, uh, she's forced to do an orgo experiment by herself because he doesn't show up to class the next day. So she storms into his dorm room and uh-oh, Eddie's shirtless. This is when Soren is poaching eggs, yes. by the way, which is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Uh, and he's in his bed and he's like, oh, was that today? And then he gets out of bed and he, again, is wearing just boxers. And so she's quite distracted by his bod. And and she's like, are you making eggs Benedict? And he's like, yeah, you want some? And she's like, no, what are you doing? That's impressive. You could do it in your dorm room. Yeah, all you need is a hot plate. I did yeah. learn how to poach eggs recently. Um, it's not that hard. That's you good. think it would be. I've watched some videos, but I've always been afraid to do it. White vinegar. Put that in boiling water. Oh, okay. It's insane. Yeah. Good to know. So now we get to the meat slicer part. Okay, perfect. So you can, you should take over here. Yeah, so from here, so yeah, Eddie is out of money and he needs a job. So he goes to the bar where Paige works and goes to the manager and he's like, you don't have any work experience. And he's like, but I come with the highest recommendation. I speak fluent Flemish. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that, Flem? <laughs> anyway. Um, and so he's actually, he, he name drops with using Paige's name to get the job. Um, and obviously he's not very good at his job. Yes. Because he doesn't, he's never obviously worked in the service industry. And Paige is obviously furious that he's there because he's he just, he's just, sexually harassed her. He sexually harassed her. He doesn't show up for chem lab. Like, no he, good. He's an entitled Duke Lord guy. Right. And um, he also can't identify what turkey is. Nope. So she has to teach him how to use the meat slicer. Right. Which 
they treat as being very sexy, but like it's I, kind of like the, it's supposed to be like the pool scene where like people usually like teach oh, someone yeah. how to like use a pool cue or like the topic thing from oh god, what's that movie called? Never mind. But um, but yeah, but essentially where you have to like kind of get close to some or like golfing. Yeah, like you have to kind of get close to them to show them like how to like swing the club. Oh, the, or the pottery scene from Ghost is a yes. good example. Yes, yeah. that's a great where example. they're like spooning kind of. Yeah, and so Paige has to show Edvard how to use the the meat slicer so he can make sandwiches for hungry students, and that's where he confesses. You know his life that his problem is that yes he did come from from means and stuff but he's trying to. C- cut himself off and you know Mm -hmm. live on his own terms Mm -hmm. yep so then he she at the end of the day um she picks a tom waits song to put on the jukebox which i'm sure her co-workers loved to close down their shift and she talks to him and says like oh you didn't do too bad and he was like i sucked and she's like yeah and okay um then he asks her out and she's like no i must focus Medicine needs me. <laughs> and then we cut to, and we just in time for us to cut to Denmark and have the king be like really sick, mm-hmm. which with undisclosed illness. Right. So um, we go back to Wisconsin and Paige gets her exam and she is bad at Shakespeare. And she got like a B minus maybe. C? I think she got a C. Okay. Which like Shakespeare, like it's a, it's a, it's an entry-level course. Like, right. And it's just, yeah, once again, it's like you're a senior. You shouldn't be taking these classes or you now. Or you do save them and you, like, for your, your requirements. And you, you take the easy so ones, easy. though. and Because you, you can get into the easy, good classes mm-hmm. when you're a senior. Right. But, but yeah, so she's worried that she's not going to get, you know, an A, which will keep her out of John Hopkins and her medical school dreams. Mm-hmm. But... Someone seemed to know a lot about Shakespeare. He quoted it at her unprovoked. So yes. she approaches Eddie with a proposition. And he's like, yeah, I'll do this for you. I'll teach you Shakespeare if you do something for me. And then she's probably expecting some sex criminal behavior. Because that's Danish. what he has. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's exposed himself to be. But no, she just has to teach him laundry. Which, yeah. again, I can sympathize with this. I, I, sh- I, uh, I had to teach, like six different people in my freshman dorm, six different men specifically, uh-huh. how to do laundry. And it's not hard. There's directions on the, the thing. Indeed. And on the machine. Also, why didn't your parents teach you before? Yeah, that was more my thing. And that was why, that's why that's a litmus test question for me before I started dating anyone was, can you do your own laundry? Because, like, I was not interested in taking care of somebody as a... Right, like, I get, like... If you're, and I suppose, like, he had people doing his laundry, but. Again, he's supposed, you can figure it out. The internet exists now. I would be embarrassed, at least. I would YouTube it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, they're talking about it, and they're talking about Hamlet, and he's like, oh, it's just a young Danish prince. And uh, then she's like, oh, blah, 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 you're from Denmark. Oh, he's a new whiny baby or something like that. And then he's like, no, he's just overwhelmed. And it's like, well, that's one way to put it for yeah. Hamlet. Yeah. Um, you should go tell he's her like, to... He's a lot of responsibilities. You should go tell her to commit suicide. That's how yeah. this movie goes, right? Yeah. Or this play goes. And um, get thee to a nunnery, you slut. <laughs> um, so then they just talk about love sonnets instead, mm-hmm. which... Yeah. Again, 
It's just to, like, add some chemistry, you mm-hmm. know. There's talk about light and what does the light represent and... Yeah. Anyways, it's just... These are just scenes to show them becoming closer, understanding who they are as people, breaking down, you know, misconceptions about their lives. Breaking and, down barriers. Yeah. Showing their true colors. Yes. Humanizing them to each other. hmm And um, we get one other quick jump to... Uh, Denmark, where we just see the very boring press conference happening, and the two photographers that we've mentioned before are like, where's Edward? This is boring. And they're like, we need to find him. And so then, foreshadowing again. Yes. When are they going to show up? Um, then it's Thanksgiving. So, it okay. Is. So, again, timeline, just to go back for the overview. Mm-hmm. The timeline here is we have... This first semester, okay, yes. so Thanksgiving is happening, and then we're going to come back for finals eventually, but Thanksgiving in that same first semester. So they've known each other for, like, three months. Three months. Maybe three and a half. Three and a half months, okay. Um, and her friend, who I do really like, goads her into inviting Ed, Eddie home. Uh, for Thanksgiving break, which that's I that happened a lot yeah. with like international students. Like you would invite them home just as a friend because they mm-hmm. didn't have time to travel back home, and it was right. boring to be on. And campus. they should they should partake in a quintessential American holiday yes. of stuffing your face. Yeah, so we go back to Manitowoc, and we, uh, Eddie meets uh, the parents, the two brother and and her two brothers who are. Very, everyone's dressed in flannel yes. and denim constantly. They're farmers. They're farmers. They want you to know that they're farmers. One of the brothers is Zachary Knighton, who played Dave on Happy Endings. Just if that's important to anyone, like it is to me. Um, and we get to see Paige's bedroom, including uh, her map on the wall with the pins in it, mm-hmm. where she wants to go. And it's all of these places. And, and it's color-coded by where she's been and where she wants to go. Yeah. And he's like, oh, these places are seem like they're dangerous and unhealthy. Like, they're, like, or in the middle of nowhere, I should say. And she's like, yeah, Doctors Without Borders does a lot of good work. So it's like, okay, Paige, we get it. And, but then they're, like, sitting on her twin bed and, like, talking and staring deeply into each other's mm-hmm. eyes. And then I think of the um, SNL, um, like, it's, like, a digital short, and it's the one, like, um do it in my twin bed and it's like all the girls from snl it's from a couple years ago where they talk about bringing their significant other home for thanksgiving and it made me laugh so then eddie's gonna learn what it's like on a real organic dairy farm so he chases cows he milks a cow and at the end of a long day they go to the shed where he sees the lawnmowers Right, the riding mowers. But they're not any just ordinary riding lawnmowers. They are souped up, and they are for racing in. Yes. Have you ever been to a lawnmower race? No. Have, did you know that they existed? No. Okay. But also, I think I, I grew up in a suburb. Yeah. I never grew up in, like, a rural, so I never t- partook in fairs or festivals. I feel like this is a thing I've seen on, Kara Levin does, like, the land of 10,000 stories, and it's uh-huh. always, like, sappy, like, Minnesota like <laughs> sad yet like oh look how quaint everyone is it's pretty much like um garrison keeler but like in oh. real life and i'm pretty sure i've seen this on there so these do exist they're just not like particularly widespread mm-hmm. but he's like oh you know what i have knowledge about cars, cars. so i'm going to win this 
So. So, yeah, so he soups up because he talks about how he can, like, rig the motor or something to, like, make it faster, Mm -hmm. twice as fast or something. Yeah. Which the brothers are very impressed by because, obviously, they want to, they want to win. Yeah. This, uh, because there's a... Riding lawn race. Yeah. (laughs) That made no sense. Riding lawnmower race. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, because there's an evil man whose name I never caught, but it's, like, something... He looks evil. He looks evil. Um, He's wearing a leather jacket and not a helmet. So you know he's bad and irresponsible. Once again. So they go to a race. I mean, the evil guy pushes Eddie down. What will happen? And I wrote down, what will happen? My heart is racing just like a lawnmower. (laughs) Because I like to make myself laugh. Um, And Eddie ends up winning. Mm-hmm. He wins all the marbles. He does win all the marbles, which is a literal jar of marbles. <laughs> and um, the the bad guy comes up to him, and Eddie's like, oh, good race, old chap. And then yeah. the guy decks him in the face. Yeah. And then he's like, right, I'm going to kick your arse. And yeah. then the brothers tackle the bad guy. Yes. And, so then, and then he jumps on and also starts punching. So mm-hmm. you can see he's having fun being a real person. Well, I just typed in um, Manitowoc lawnmower racing and there is a Wisconsin lawnmower racing association. Ooh. So perhaps if any of our listeners have any personal experience with lawnmower racing, please write us. Yeah, look at this. This guy's got a trophy. Yeah. So it's not marbles. Yeah, it's much better than marbles. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey. Again, it's a thing. I just don't know that it's like as big of a thing. Yeah. So anyway, so since Eddie got punched in the face, Paige gets to use her doctoring skills to heal him with her yeah. healing hands. But it's really just grabbing an like antiseptic wipe. Yeah, and in like, a barn, right? Well, like, I mean, you could get hurt in a barn. You might cut yourself like while fixing, yeah, like well, a riding lawnmower or a tractor. My thing is more like that doesn't seem sanitary. Like I would want to go to like a well lit area to like make sure I'm like putting the bandaid on the yeah. right spot. But I also, again, I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. Right, because they ride into the barn, like, with her behind him and, like... Also, her dad, like, earlier when they were in her room, the dad, like, kicked open the door and was like, (laughs) hey, guys, like, you know, like, hey, any funny business going on in here? No making out? So she's probably like, all right, they're not going to come out to the barn. It's after dark. Let's make out in the moon, which is what they do. And, uh... You might have been asking, what was Soren doing? Where's Soren? Well, he wasn't invited. So he became addicted to the Xbox. And you go back to the room and he's been playing. And um, roommate Buzz is like, what? And he's like, just. But you start, this is when you start to notice another change about Eddie is that, you know, after he's been making out with Paige in the barn, usually it seems like they're like, Paige is like, we could totally have sex right now. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden he kind of stops and he's like, Actually, I'm going to be a gentleman about this, and I'm just going to bring you to your room. And then he escorts her, takes her arm, and escorts her back to the, the barn. Or not the barn. The barn. <laughs> the room. room. <laughs> also, I feel like that's self-preservation, because you're yeah. on a... You're, you're an invited guest. Yeah. On the property of a man who has two grown sons. And definitely probably owns a gun. At least one. <laughs> at, there's at least one gun there, yeah. at, at least and uh, so I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not going to be caught. You, I mean, you can get caught kissing the daughter and be like, I'm sorry, sir, I love your daughter. Yeah. You cannot be caught doing anything more than that because I have a feeling at least the brother is going to want to mm-hmm. fire a warning shot. Right. 
Or at least punch you and give you another black eye. Because mm -hmm. they clearly like to fight. So, they're, oh, what are they going to do with all this frustrated sexual energy? Right. I don't know. Are this they going to bring it back to school with them? I sure hope so, because it creates a great and quintessential scene for this movie. It's iconic. It, indeed. I mean, all you have to say to somebody is, stacks. Right. Like, when we, last night when we were at dinner before we went to sell Girls Seat Girls Trip, we mentioned that we were going to be profiling this movie, and... One of our members, Aaron, was like, the stacks! Yeah, of course, because yeah. everyone remembers this scene where they're playing footsie and, like, flirting, and they're supposed to be studying, but they're, like, not focused. And so the friend, who, again, is the smartest one of all, everyone yes. in this movie, just writes the word stacks really big on a piece of paper and just hold, and with an exclamation yes. point and then points it at her. And so then Paige gets up and, like, grabs him, and uh, they... Uh, run up the stairs yep. and they then go like two feet away from the staircase and start making out. Right. So the stacks are supposed to, yeah, be this, you know, secluded, just bunch of books. No one probably goes to Which, except to make out. Yeah. At large life. I mean, did you ever hear in your college, like my college, there's always rumors of people like doing it in the library mm -hmm. and like the people, the people who had their work study would talk about like finding paraphernalia related to Ooh. sexual activity. Our library was huge. And it was really hard to get around in because you had to go. It was, it's a crazy design, but you had to go up elevators to get anywhere. There was no internal staircases really, mm -hmm. and there were a bunch of private study rooms. And so you could, I mean, as long as it wasn't finals time, you could probably find a secluded spot. But you wouldn't just like walk, take two steps away from a staircase. Yeah. And it's not again. It's not like they're just making out here. Like he takes his shirt off. Oh right, and she starts taking off her shirt. Yeah. Or at least she takes off her blouse. Yeah. And then she, and she has, like, an undershirt underneath. But, yeah. Yeah. There, it was definitely not just making out on the stacks, which is really unfortunate that they decided to take the next step of their relationship at this moment. Probably. She has a room. Like, she has an off-campus apartment. Yeah. She can easily accommodate him on her bed. What if it was miles away, though? That's true. They but, like. wait. Oh. Oh, college students. Yeah. Um, but, like. I mean, then, because they're two feet from a staircase, who shows up? Our two photographer friends. The same exact Paparazzi. people. Yeah, exactly. Lady Gaga sang it last. Yeah. <laughs> and they start being like, Prince Edward, Prince Edward, what are you doing? Who is she? Who's this hot piece of ass? Like, all this stuff. And like, give us a smile, Prince Edward. And he's like, oh, no. And so he's like holding his shirt up and like, and they start running and they run out and it's raining. And this is the scene that, like, the acting I just hate in this scene. It's so bad. And she's like, why were they calling you Prince Edward? Right. He's like, because that's my name. Yeah. What? <laughs> and then she's like, were they taking pictures of us? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, are they going to be in the paper? And he's like, yeah. How he's do you like, know? for sure. How do you know? And then he says, this isn't my first indiscretion. Which, okay. I get it. She can be betrayed. If somebody's that that line, this isn't my first indiscretion. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a difference between being an indiscretion. An indiscretion is making out with two random ladies when you win a race. Right. An indiscretion is not making out with your serious girlfriend. Like, yeah, maybe like doing it in the library is in indis in indiscretion, but like that poor choice of words, Eddie. But she doesn't get mad at that. And then he, she's like, why did you lie to me? He's like, because I didn't want you to fall in love with me for being a prince because I'm trying to get away from that. Yeah. 
And she's like, but you were just pretending. And he goes, I wasn't pretending. And then she goes, no, I wasn't pretending. Right. Because she, he tells her that he loves her. Yeah. Which I'm like, whoa. Again, three months. Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay, whatever. And they don't really tell how much time has passed between, like, when they first kiss in the barn at Thanksgiving and then, but... It's before finals. Yeah. And, like, also, like, when their feelings have changed. Like, there's, you know, three months after dating, you know, it's... I wouldn't be surprised if somebody said I love you, but, like, mm-hmm. when did they start... Yeah, like, did they officially start dating, like, at the Thanksgiving, and now mm-hmm. it's... A week later? What is it? I'm assuming it's a week later because... 12 hours later. Or, yeah, or they've got all this frustration. Like, they wouldn't... I don't know. It just seems... It seems like a lot. And so, she dumps him because he lied to her. Right. Again... And John Hopkins is going to see her in the tabloids and be like, well, blacklist her. Yeah, that's definitely what... call That private universities who are focused on making money are definitely not okay with notorious, uh, notorious people showing up right there. Yeah, that's never been a thing. But, okay, but the great thing is I paused and took down some of the headlines because it does show up <laughs> in the uh, tabloids and the king and queen yes. back in Denmark are not happy. All right. They have The Sun, which is a real tabloid, we know. Mm-hmm. And the headline of that is Yummy Yank, a mystery. Which, I'm wondering if that's a thing. But the best thing is they have another little, like, blurb. And it says, none on the run. <laughs> and that's, I, I would like to read that story. Um, then there's another uh, a paper called The Whisperer. And that one is Royal, Royal Toil, which, okay. And Whoa. then... The Copenhagen paper, which just says Copenhagen at the top of it. Um, I don't think that's what their paper is called. And it's all in English. Yeah. It says, that's the thing that bugged me. I was like, these are all in English. They would not be. They would be in like Danish. The, the Sun, maybe. Like, if you're getting it because, like, he's famous, a European yeah. prince. Like, so they're publishing it there because mm-hmm. he's notorious there. But, yeah. So then Copenhagen is Edward, Edward's foreign affair. And so I'm wondering how many, if any UK tablets have described um, Megan as, like, Harry's foreign affair, because I right. feel like that's something that, that that's, could come up. That's low-hanging fruit. But again, then they had another story on the cover of that, which just was Fairy Wars. <laughs> which, again, I, I kind of want to know what that story yeah, is. that sounds fun. Yeah. So the queen is all mad, and she calls Edvard and says, you have to come home, your father is sick. So, he does. Yeah. So he's like, bye. And meanwhile, Paige is having an oral exam in Shakespeare, which... Did you ever have an exam that looked remotely like that in college? No. That more reminded me if I was having to do, like, my final, like, thesis. Yeah. Like... Thesis defense. That's what that looked like. Right. I was like, I guess, like, I had to memorize a sonnet from Hamlet and and present it. See, I didn't... But, yeah. In French, we had, like, an oral component of our exam where we just went to the professor's office hours and we had a conversation for, like, five minutes in fluent French. And she was like, we're going to talk about this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And you had to be able to show up and speak fluent French on the topic. Yeah. So, no, it was definitely, like, for something that was supposed to be intro to Shakespeare, it was not. Yeah, it was definitely, it looks like she was defending a thesis. Yeah. And so, but by talking it out, she really gets to understand her own feelings. And she's talking about Othello, and she's like, but Othello is just like, Oh, but he should have grabbed true love. And it's like, he did grab true love. He killed her. Yeah. Like, mm, bad. He's going to choke her to death or yeah. smother her. I can't remember which one. But I think he smothered her. Yeah. Yep. 
remember. Not great. So many dead women. Yeah. So, I don't know. That was weird. But also, it's funny because it allows the um, them to, like, flash to flashbacks of her and Eddie making out and, like, yeah. doing things and, like, slicing meat. And slicing I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the kids are calling it these days. Yeah. And, um, like, I'm just, I don't know. It's called compartmentalizing. Again, if Paige is going to be a doctor, I get it. Sometimes you, you have other things on your mind. But a lot of us, when in high-pressure situations, are able to, like, say, no, I'm going to focus on this right now. Yeah. I'm not going to just be thinking about that time I was making out with my boy toy. Right. Again, just she, messed with her. Yeah. So she can't, like, be in an exam in front of professors. She has to, like, start rambling. I don't know. So um, she runs to his room, but as uh, the roommate describes, Prince ate my Triscuits, Triscuits. isn't here. <laughs> So then she goes home and finds a note that's a Shakespeare, like, a line from a sonnet. And she's like, I'm going to Denmark. She's like, I understand Shakespeare. Okay. Which her friend is like, what? And she's like, it's in the note. And she's like, it's literally a line from a poem. She's like, you have to go beneath the surface. And it's like, oh, okay. Right. But her friends all chip in and help her buy a ticket to um, Denmark, especially her rich friend. which Which is her smartest friend. It is her smartest friend. And it also shows me, like, I wish I, you know, it would have been nice to have one of those friends who's like, here, let me buy you a plane ticket to Copenhagen. Yeah. Seems like an expensive ticket, but. Yes. But I guess she gives her $700. Right. And then she says, daddy. Okay. Okay. As a, I did have an emergency credit card in college. It was an emergency and it was to book flights home. If I showed up with a ticket that was not even for me. Okay, it would have a hard enough time explaining a ticket for me that was or a $700 transaction. To explain that I just randomly gave my friend $700, that would not fly. Mm-hmm. No. So, okay. off to Denmark. Yeah. Where in in the time since Eddie has left, it's time for a parade. Yeah. Because every time the royal family steps out, they have to throw a parade. Right. In the words of Grumpy Taxi Driver. Um, she doesn't have a suitcase. No, she has, like, a crappy duffel that, like, she probably sewed in her home at class because I also have one. Yeah, it's quite small. It's, like, m- m- a purse, effectively. Right. She doesn't even need to bring, like, makeup or, like, contact solution or something. Yeah. Deodorant? Toothbrush? I, I don't know. It could be in the bag. I don't know. We never see. No the bag clothes, actually though. goes missing. Yeah. At one point, and I was very confused. Yeah, where is it when she's on the horse? Yeah, exactly. So she goes through the crowd, and she starts yelling, Eddie, because he's on a horse. Yeah. Because, of course, he can definitely hear her in that large crowd when everyone's yelling, Edward, Edward, which they are. But then everyone recognizes her. Yes. Like, oh, it's Paige Morgan. It's Paige Morgan. So then they start chanting his name, and he looks. Yeah. And he grabs her out of the crowd and pulls her up on his horse, and they sprint away. To go open Parliament. Yes. And then they ride into a forest, presumably to make out. Yes. And then he takes her to his palace where she jokes that she didn't know that he lived, still lived with his parents. Yep, that's a good, that's a solid joke. Yeah, so I appreciate it. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. And then the queen is like, ah, this Tadri American is ruining everything. She's a commoner. She cannot understand us. Yes. And then he's like, mother, I will do what I wish. I hope you want my little sister to be the queen. Oh, because he wants to propose to Paige now by this time. Once he's dropped her off yeah. at the palace and Soren's giving her a tour. Yeah. Giving Paige a tour of the palace. Yeah. 
So, Mike, I was confused. I thought he just was like, I want to be with her. And then his dad kind of forces his hand and yeah. says, if you want to be with her, then why don't you marry her? Uh-huh. And if you love her, why don't you marry her? And so, because, again, okay, so if he's... But they talk about... Uh, but I, Yeah, I think he does kind of get told, like, that, because they're, like... She, the mom is kind of like, oh, you're going to have, like, an arranged marriage. Yeah, which is the plot of uh, the sequel, Prince and Me yeah. 2, apparently, because what? he's supposed to marry. Uh, he's got to marry. It's pretty much the Princess Diaries, oh, too. Oh, okay. It's got exactly it. that. Um, he's, oh, the law says you have to marry a, someone of royal lineage. And it's like, mm, it's it's the 90s. No, it's not. It's yeah. the 2000s. <laughs> no one cares anymore. But, um... I think, like, the king is pretty much, like, you're not going to date. Like, I'm not letting you, if you're serious, if you say you're so serious, then marry her. Be, but, like, we're not going to, like, let you, like, set up your, like, girlfriend in the palace or anything. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, great, let's do it. And then he proposes with a butterfly on top of a ring, which, right. like, how did that work? I know that poor butterfly was probably, his hand was so, like, he has his hand, like, in a fist. Yeah. And then he opens that fist, and then there's a butterfly and a gigantic ring. Yeah. So they've been dating for four months. Yeah. And he proposes, and she says yes. And Paige, Paige is, um, okay, this is presumably winter break. Paige has a full semester to finish. And she's not like, well, wait, can I go back and finish my degree? Can I... What's going to, wait, what does this entail? Like, when is, what is the timeline here? Because it takes a long time to plan a wedding. You're also being, uh, your dad's abdicating, so there's going to be a coronation. Like, so that's going to take a while to plan. Um, when, what, what's happening here? She just says yes. And, and then they do a part where they, like, are making out after they say yes, and they have the camera spinning around them, and it's actually very dizzying. Yep. I got a little nauseated watching. Yeah. Um, so then it shows up, and it's all about Paige. We'll try it. I'll skip through some of this stuff. Yeah. Because Paige Paige has to become princess material at this point. Um, there's the designer who's, like, supposed to be funny, but is not really. And then she, like, goes to a groundbreaking... And I wrote, look how responsible he is shoveling. And then she's like, I'm a farm girl. Let me shovel this. And um, again, I'm just confused about why she's already at all of these public appearances. And she didn't have any clothes. When did they make the suit for her? Oh, right. And I think because she was, because he was going to become, Edward was going to become king. Maybe that's why she was pulled in right away. Because she was going to be like the queen. But yeah, it definitely, like, they definitely don't explain it very well and uh, are just using this to like move things along and don't really give you any good explanation beyond that. She's going to have an exhausting schedule. I mean, by noon, she's already had like eight engagements Yeah, for that day. Yeah. And then she like, one of the things is going to a hospital opening with the queen and everyone's like, listen, the photographers are like, oh, the queen's boring. Where's Paige? Yeah. And she's playing with children and that makes the queen mad. Which is the thinnest excuse ever. Well, she was mad because the hospital, like, they're showing that the government had used, you know, funds to make this beautiful state-of-the-art hospital, and instead the headlines were going to be about children. They need a better PR person to spin that, because that's exactly, I mean, what do you think, like, Will and Kate would do? Do you think that they're going to just go stand there? No, they're going to play with the kids so that everyone reads the article. Yeah. Yeah. Look at, oh, look, it's helping these children. Look at these adorable faces of what our healthcare system is helping. Right. 
But what, what do you think the headline would be if Queen Elizabeth and Kate went to an event and they both played, like, and they both, you know, cut a ribbon and Kate played with children? I bet that would still be... That's true. But, yeah, they just... Then, then why is she going to these events now? Right. That's more the thing. Like, she needs training in this. Just to get acclimated as soon as possible. Yeah. And I'm like, is she learning Danish? How is she talking to these children? Right. Like, everyone in Denmark <laughs> speaks English. Like, let's be real. Mm-hmm. But, like, the little kids, not not as much. Right. Everyone learns English from watching Friends reruns. Right. And she said she doesn't know very much about Denmark. So no. she obviously doesn't know Danish. Yeah. It's weird. And so the queen is like, you will never be successful. Petra Manitowoc is dead. And it's all <laughs> menacing and crap. And then... We follow them to watch a six-hour meeting. I don't know why they have to watch this. Yeah. Um, where Eddie, from experience, from quote, from experience being poor, understands the struggles of the common man. Right. And I want to smack him. Yeah. With his dumb doodle pad because, what the hell are you talking right. about, bro? Like you had triskets, sir. Yeah. Soren made Benedict. you eggs Benedict. Do you really think you would have starved? You really think you? Well, you easily is, got a job. Who is paying your tuition? How how is that a thing? Like normal people are are deeply in debt to to take those dumb organic chemistry right. classes that you're sleeping through. Anyway, so then the I was like, why is why are Paige and the Queen watching this? And then I was like, oh, so he can gaze lovingly at Paige and win brownie points by like saying what her dad said about yeah. people. And then the Queen is like. Come to my orchid cave, and that's not a euphemism. <laughs> and she calls her organs her new babies, which yes. is like ew. And thanks, Paige, for helping turn a boy into a man. And she's like, I like you now. And then she shows her the the jewels, which <sighs> is the best scene of any of these films. Um. Yeah. Which ones will she wear to the coronation? Um dance or ball or whatever. Yeah. Which apparently happens before the coronation? I guess. I would assume it happens after. Yeah. You don't want to celebrate an event that hasn't taken place yet. Yeah. It's like having a wedding reception before a wedding. Yeah. Don't do it. But yeah. I know. So she picks out some, a ruby necklace and some earrings, which are pretty. Yes. Um, she has her custom made dress, which is like, again, very 2004. It's like pink chiffon layers. Yeah. It's got like a one shoulder, like, I don't know. I feel like my arms would get stuck. Yeah, really? well, it's the, you know how the cold shoulder tops are yeah. in style now? I couldn't wear them because I would, like, not be able to I hate cold shoulders. Also, I like warm shoulders. Me too. Also, her hairstyle is held up with those, like, super, like, Claire's uh, rhinestone. No, they're, like, the flowers oh. that are rhinestone. Really <laughs> tacky looking. Again, Claire's store. Just buy one, get one free. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, this is the most frustrating part. So, they dance. They like, let's go make out in the billiards room. Interrupted by Soren, the king of Norway is there and they need to talk to him. So he goes with his dad and they talk to the king of Norway. Yes. Okay, it would be very rude not to talk to the king of Norway. He's there mm-hmm. before he leaves. Paige is standing in the billiard room. They shut the door symbolically on her. It is, she sees 10, she goes 10 seconds. She sees a globe, looks at the globe. Not 30 seconds has elapsed. Eddie exits the room to give her a gift of a meat slicer, and she has decided that she, there's everything's. She hates it all. She's leaving. Right. 
And he's, she's like, I can't do this. And he's like, I can't make you stay, can I? It's like, what? Of course, no, you should not be getting married. If this is how, like, if this is the first roadblock and you're not going right. to have an adult conversation about this, like, the correct thing is, Paige, to have brought this up a couple days ago and say, hey, by the way, I still have my hopes and dreams. Like, am I allowed to finish out college? Am I allowed right. to go to med school? Right. Could I transfer to a school in Denmark? Yes. Like, that or would, even in England, like if yes. you, if Danish is going to be a barrier, can I, can I take a year off to learn uh, to for like our wedding? Is am I what am I allowed to do? Like, I mean, it's it's right, absolutely insane. Yes, very whirlwind. But like, I don't know. It's, I just wrote like, um, I need to go to med school. But thanks for the dress. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever see each other again. And he's like, what? <laughs> and she's like, bye. I know. It's just like I'm sorry, but. I would not be that nonchalant. I wouldn't be just like, I guess I have to let you go. I would be like, bitch. I'd be like, <laughs> like let's figure this out. Because that's like what we're going to have to do for the rest of our lives is we're going to have to talk out problems and issues and can't just be like, oh, okay. I guess I'll just first, your first offer, I accept. Yeah, I, that, that's what, when his response is, I can't make you stay, can I? It's like, well, you didn't even try. Also, right. I'm, as a, I'm guilty of this when I'm like in a, uh, a fight and like, you know, I'll say something irrational and my husband will agree with me. And I'll be like, no, you're supposed to argue. You're supposed yeah. to fight for me. And he's like, what the hell is happening? And I'm like, but this is a situation where she's literally like, I don't want to marry you. Yeah. I'm leaving. Bye. And he's like, okay. Right. And it's like, I get it. Respect her wishes. I'm not saying like, because right. she accepted your proposal, you're entitled to control her forever. But like, Whoa, be a little bit more like, hi, can we talk through your issues? Let's right. try to... And have a really good understanding about the role that you, you're taking on. Which, yeah. I mean, our, you know, Kate had to, you know, think about as well. Yeah. Yeah. She I had mean, a lot more time to think about it. I guess. <laughs> so, so, okay. So this is Christmas break still, or is it like in the middle of the semester? It must be I don't know. Christmas break. They're like heavy picnics in, it looks like summer. Yeah, but she returns, so she leaves, or well, first we'll go to the coronation speech, which there's a fanfare, he gets crowned, there's Danish people speaking Danish, Mm -hmm. and um, she's in the crowd. She's in the crowd as he gives a speech, and my note was, is the speech about his dad or about Paige? That would be super weird, like, that's, that's a weird thing to, like, be like, oh, I'm talking about how much I loved this person. Like, being compared to, like, a, of course, like, a guy will love his dad, but, like, romantic love and love for your dad are two things that I would like not to be compared. And the thing is, when he's talking about it, it seems like his dad has passed away already. It almost seems like he's giving some sort of eulogy. Yeah. And, but I don't think that's the case. No, because he, he crowned, he handed the crown to the minister. So, I think it is supposed to be about Paige. But it sounds like it's a funeral eulogy for his dad. Yeah. And she's super rude and just walks out of the crowd. Right. To which I wrote, Paige sucks. Yeah. And then I, when I was looking up, uh, like, reviews to see more about this, Roger, I read Roger Ebert's review, and he correctly is like, points this out. Okay, you know, in the beginning when she gets to Denmark, everyone's like, it's Paige, it's Paige, in the crowd. But then nobody, like, is like, hey, right. what are you... 
when you're stooping the the, the the new king? Right. Like, like, did they make an announcement that morning? Like, oh, they're not going to get married. She's but we're still gonna have a coronation. Like, she's identically dressed. Like, what is happening? It's yeah. so weird. Um, she gets back to Wisconsin. She still doesn't have a suitcase. No. Soren lets the butterfly f- fly free. To which I said, "Don't those die quickly?" Like butterflies don't have a long <laughs> lifespan. I don't think. And then it floats another butterfly, but it's in Wisconsin this time. Yes. Time and, is passing. And it's graduation day. So, um, yeah. But I see, like, one of her friends wasn't one of her friends, like, oh, I'm a junior, or I haven't declared my major yet, but all of them are graduating. Right. And that's what I don't understand. If it's just, if she's graduating... So I feel like this could have just been solved, you know, like the end of Legally Blonde, where they flash forward and they're like two years later. Right. All you need is just like a, t- a nice flash in the like she, you know, you know, after she came back, make it her junior year and then make it be like when all this happened and then yeah. make it be at the end of her senior year. He comes for her. Right. And the funny thing is that in the Wikipedia article, when they talk about the summary, they say she's actually graduated from John Hopkins when he when she's graduating and it's like no this is still in wisconsin yeah she he says to her spoiler alert he's like yeah. i'll wait for you through med school through yeah. everything so she obviously hasn't finished that yet yeah um so eddie shows up and he quotes shakespeare at her again and yes. they have many puppy dog eyes he's like come back Paige," and she's like denmark isn't ready for a queen like me and then he's like but they'll have to be because I am. And it's like, also, give the people of Denmark a little slack. Like, I'm sure they're not going to be like, oh, boo, she's an educated woman. Like, right. Jesus Christ, it's the 21st century. Like, come on. I think they're going to be okay if, like, their queen is educated. She's only seen the airport. Yeah, I know. and But that's okay. <laughs> but she's nice to children. I, I mean, yeah, but, like, I'm just saying, it's so weird. Yeah. Why can't she be a med student? <laughs> And then they make out, and then the movie ends. Yeah, so, yeah, there's real no uh, conclusion, except... Except for the sequel. Except there's going to be some straight-to-DVD sequels. Yes. Including one called The Prince and Me Elephant Adventure. Really? <laughs> yes! Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, um, so... So, we have never seen the sequels, so we can't speak for those. Probably has nothing to do with a woman wanting to be a doctor. No, so it's like I said, it's called the royal. It's called um, the Prince of Me to the Royal Wedding, and I uh, started. I did watch. They do have a trailer. It's uh-huh. it sounds just like super cheesy. The basic plot is that she's back in Denmark. They're planning the wedding, and then um, the evil king of N- Norway or some dude in Norway is like, "Oh, there's this law. You can't. You can't marry her. You have to marry uh, somebody who's of royal blood, like my daughter." And then he's like, my daughter, Kirsten. And he's like, oh, I grew up with Kirsten. She sucks. She was always what they called fat. And then, of course, it's like a bombshell blonde comes. And then Paige and this other person, like, are putting itching powder in each other's pantyhose. Like, it's weird. It's, like, super slapstick, cheesy Lifetime slash Hallmark Channel stuff. It's it's a lot. And then he's like, Kirsten would never do that to you. And it's like, I'm dumping you if you don't believe me. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah. But... So, like we said, the, the critics didn't like this. Um, 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, though Ebert did give it two and a half stars. It made $21.8 million, or $28.1 million. It made money. 
I didn't lose money. Yeah. And this is, um, I just have one comment about reading the overviews of the Rotten Tomatoes. This guy, Jeff Pavere of the Toronto Star, his poll quote was, the sound you hear is the death rattle of the women's movement. To which I want to say, shut up, Jeff. You don't get to tell us when the women's movement dies. Yeah. Like, this m movie, why? Because she follows her dream and then decides to... She changes her mind? Like, she... That's actually quite progressive. She could have been like, oh my gosh, I have this, like, huge responsibility in my life. Like, should I... Yeah. Just let go of my medical school dreams just to, you know, become the queen? Yeah. It was just... Uh, it was a lot. And so that's... I didn't read the rest of yeah. his review. I just wanted to say, shut up, Jeff. It's spelled G-E-O-F-F, because of course oh, it like is. like Joffrey Chaucer? Yes. Um... My favorite IMDb trivia, just quickly, is the couple Paige and Prince Edvard seem a bit like the real heir to the Danish throne, Crown Prince Frederick and his wife, Crown Princessa Mary. Both Paige and Crown Princessa Mary love to help others. And both couples go against traditions. Whoa. End of trivia. <laughs> traditions, what? What does that mean? But like, both Paige and Crown Princessa Mary love to help others. How? Yeah. Like, what? I mean, I, yeah, but <laughs> it's weird. Examples. But the. Yeah. The best thing I found is there is a fan fiction that somebody wrote. It is 165 chapters. Oh my goodness. 144,779 words. Uh -huh. I'm going to read you okay. a brief excerpt from chapter two. Do I need to close the back window? Soren, our driver and good friend of the royal family, asked, looking into the rearview mirror. Eddie and I parted our lips and I wiped my mouth with the back of my hand and moving slightly closer to my side of the car, although Eddie took my hand and squeezed it. Sorry, Soren, I said laughing. Oh no, it's fine. No one can see into the car. I was just wondering if you guys wanted complete privacy. <laughs> no, it's okay. We'll be arriving at the castle soon, Eddie said. <laughs> That's where I'm going to end it. But it's like, what? She's like wiping spit up. Who is Ew. this? Why? What's happening? Anyway. No, thanks. But um, yeah, that that's uh, it's a lot. We'll okay. share the link. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I would. I mean, so we. I mean, we've had some great experiences with dumb fan fiction in our lives, and I I recommend it. Mm -hmm. It says it takes an average twelve hours to read the whole thing, so I was like, no, I don't yeah, have time that's for a that. Lot of work. So. Um, well, despite the fact that this movie is slightly ridiculous, I think it does have some some parallels to... It does. And I freaking love it. I want to yeah. just say, all of my criticism is because yeah. I love it so much. And it's okay. just everything I want in a movie. Right. It's fluffy. There's making out. Like, there's libraries. There's two libraries. My hand like, is on my heart, some yeah. parts of the movie, because yeah. I'm just so moved mm -hmm. by emotion. There's jewelry. There's, again, a jewelry vault scene. Right. All I want. But yeah, I th uh, what are those life lessons that can yeah. be drawn from this? What well, did you learn? Well, from this, you know, I think one of the major themes is about, yeah, sacrifice. And that she wasn't willing yet to make those sacrifices. Uh, or at least Paige wasn't ready to sacrifice her dreams of being a doctor. And, you know, traveling, doing Doctors Without Borders. You know, all those things that she had wanted to do. Because she already still had in that in her mind that, like, I have to get married and then I have to sacrifice my my identity for someone else. And uh, so that was the big, I think the biggest theme from this, this movie. <laughs> yes. Is that, that role, even though that's not really the case, you know, you can 
you can talk like we discussed like they didn't even really you know talk about like how can we actually make this work um, yeah, I think yeah. the biggest issue is that this is a 22-year-old woman, right. um, which, like, I think a lot of what we're talking about comes with, not it's not necessarily tied directly to age, but it does come with maturity mm-hmm. and the ability to kind of know what you want. And a lot of time, for me, it definitely took at least graduating college and then working for a couple of years to make sure that, you know, my life was moving in the direction I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so, like, maybe don't get engaged after four... Four months if, when you're 22. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless it's a prince, do then do what you want. You right. know, lock that down. But. Right. And I feel like this is a good, like, compared to, like, Will and Kate, Will didn't want to get married right away. He wanted to acclimate Kate to this life because he knew that his mother had struggled well, yeah, to maintain a normal life and everything. And he didn't want that for her. And he also, he also didn't want to just get married and then all of a sudden have to become a Royal because he knew that marriage meant that he had to take on more responsibilities. Right. And he, he wanted, to, you know, he wanted to fly helicopters. He wanted to, to have a life. Yeah. To have a, a more normal job. Right. Will from now on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I mean, with princess Diana getting married at 20, or 19, how old? She was 19 she, when they got engaged. Yeah, I, I think mean, she was 20 when she was the bride, officially. So, yeah, she was born in 1961, so yeah. probably. Um, it's, yeah, I'm, that's definitely a thing. Like, she didn't get a chance to find herself or come into her own as an adult. Mm-hmm. She went pretty much from school to living with some girlfriends to being married. She didn't have any time to, like, struggle to make it on her own, really, right. or, you know figure out who she was and what Mm -hmm. she wanted in a life partner. She kind of ended up with the first guy. Right. And yeah, he seemed good on paper. Yeah. But again, and the the immortal words of, uh, I don't even know who you got to try on the pants before you buy them. Yeah. Just saying. Mm -hmm. And, and on the other hand, you know, like Paige obviously isn't going to make those sacrifices versus Kate who, who has made those sacrifices, even though they had a very, very long courtship, Kate really never, she never really had a job. In the, in the sense that she never, she, you know, she graduated and she, you know, she was a um, buyer for, you know, jigsaw yeah. know, fashion and she worked for her parents and whatnot, but she never really got to establish. She was always kind of fighting, obviously, the media and everything going, like, what are you doing? Are you just waiting around to become Prince William's wife? Right. And she, I mean, her degree was in art history and, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to get a job in that field without getting a postgraduate a right. degree. Um, you know, a lot of people who get degrees in art history, they end up, if they're not going to become artists, they're working eventually to hopefully work in a museum Mm -hmm. as curator or in an assorted role or to work in a gallery, you know, and be able to do that. That's hard to break in a hard industry to break into anyway. Mm -hmm. And so when you throw in the notoriety that she already had and the fact that she didn't have time to apply to any, I mean, she was I don't think she... I think she anticipated that she'd probably be getting married a lot sooner than she did. Yeah. And so she was like, why would I spend time... You know, I don't have time. I don't have the time to pursue these things because I'm going to have to take on a much larger role. Right. In the royal family. But then her and William ended up breaking up in 2007. And I think that kind of changed those plans. Yeah. For a large part. Yeah. And then when they finally got back together, they were like, okay... We need to figure this out, and you are going to be, you're the person I want to spend it with, but I need you to fully recognize what you're giving up. 
Right. And I think she, I mean, it's not to say, though, that she had to abandon everything that interested her. Because Mm -hmm. being interested in art history, a lot of her patronages and her events that she goes to, she does get to kind of use her artistic side and show off her knowledge and, you know, she get also she lives in a house with some of the most beautiful paintings ever that yes. none of us could ever afford. <laughs> if you can afford them, again, send send us an email. Yeah. I'm interested to know who you are. But um it's it's just like she can't so she can find a way to use her or I mean use her skills and her talents and her her passions. Her passions towards what within the confines of what she can do as mm-hmm. a duchess. But, yeah, she's not, like, a person who can go out and fully pursue a career in, like, a, like a, an average person would. Mm-hmm. You know, right. but, spoiler alert, not everyone gets to follow the, their dream. Like, like I, I alluded yeah. to, I was going to live in Yellowstone <laughs> and study wolves, but I couldn't pass <laughs> organic chemistry because it bored me, and I could not focus on studying. And so now I'm in a career that I love and that I'm a lot better at than organic chemistry (laughs) and I can just watch um I just look at pictures of dogs on Twitter all day so you know still living my best life yeah you know that happens to a lot of people there's plenty of people out there who go and get degrees in art history and can't find their dream job and you know don't get to do what they want to do life gets in the way it's expensive to do these things it's the other thing like I don't know it's just it's crazy Mm -hmm. so yeah, but I mean, Megan, it, it'll be, there was one quote in the movie that I think applies to Megan, which is where, when the queen is being mean, mm-hmm. she's like, this is different from being famous. To be royal, you have to be born into it and all this stuff. And, and royal requires you to sacrifice who you are mm-hmm. for who you must be. Ooh. Is that, ooh. I did save it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's very profound. Yes. And I do think that's true in a sense. Um, because you're not allowed to throw a tantrum. You're not allowed, or like just to have a bad day. I should, I should say like, I, we, it would be so hard. I mean, I guess, you know, you can try to do this in private, but you always have to be worried that like the, the like nanny or someone is going to turn around and sell the story to somebody, you know, you can't even just have PMS in peace probably. Well, right. Even just like one look and they're like. Are they fighting? Yeah. Like, which, oh, that's so frustrating. I can't even. And yeah, as a person who's not huge on PDA, it's my Scandinavian heritage. Like, (laughs) I'm just like, no, I don't need to, you know, like, I don't, I'm not one of the people who's like always like holding my husband's hand in public. We see each other all the time. We don't need to do that in public. Do what you want, you know, whatever. But like, yeah, when they don't, when they're like, just stepping like they're walking in single file to a yeah. car just because probably their security is like hi this is how you have to walk to the car like people will be like oh they're fighting yeah but like you know sometimes i will be if i'm mad at my husband i'm like you walk you walk ahead of me i right. i need to i need to be mad right now right. like just like your presence is making me yeah Ugh. yeah it would be so hard yes but that jewelry vault though I know. The balances. That'd be great. Can we have a jewelry vault and just get to wear, like, yoga pants everywhere? That's what I want. That'd be great. That would be, like, the life. So, anyway, Mm -hmm. I think Megan, I'm sure Megan has seen this movie based on 
how old she is. And the fact yeah. that it currently, at least, and it probably did before, it's running on, like, free form on, like, weekends. Oh, yeah. So. Quite often. So I'm sure she's seen it. I hope she's learned lessons. And I think she's probably a lot smarter and more secure in where she is in her life than Paige is. Right. Because both of them wanted to help people and travel, you know, travel somewhere. Right. Else, like, you know, go to Africa and whatnot and help people. Doctors Without Borders for Paige. And obviously, um, you know, uh, Megan works with the UN and whatnot as an ambassador. So it's all figuring out that balance. Yeah, how, how to take the unique uh, place you have, because there's a lot more, sometimes, I mean, yeah, the doctors who work with Doctors Without Borders do amazing work on an individual basis, touching people on the ground, but having, being a celebrity royal princess lady, you can definitely maybe draw a lot of donations in to, you know, pay for the flights and the training and buy uh, medications and vaccines and uh, water systems and all the necessities you can help in another way. I mean, mm -hmm. I get it. You want to get your hands dirty. You want to do the surgery or whatever, right. maybe, but I don't know. It's like, right. it's not like they're telling you, you have to sit on a throne and eat bonbons all day. No. Like you can probably say, Hey, I would like to help doctors without borders. I have a feeling there, no one at the palace is going to be like those guys. No, like it's, it's weird. Yeah. So, Paige, think about it a little bit more before you break up with the hot Danish prince. And we hope that in The Prince and Me 5, we finally get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, The Prince and Me 5. I Yeah. And then it's like royal baby prince or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I wonder if they do have any royal babies in the mo in the movies. I don't know. We'll have That'd to be look. the natural progression of things. Yeah, maybe that's what happens on Elephant Adventure. <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh, I bet it is. I bet it's like one of those cheesy movies that's like made for littler kids. Yeah. It's weird. Maybe. Anyway, this has been us rambling about a movie that came out in 2004. Yes. But, yes, we do think there are some parallels. And it is a ridiculous movie, but it's a fun movie about royalty. And when I first saw it, I was like, I only hope that when I meet my future husband, he's actually secretly a prince. Yeah. It, he was it not. gave us the... Yeah. But that's okay. Because I still love him. And... Yeah. He's at least trying his best to be the best prince he could be. Yeah, but I will put in a plug for installing a jewelry vault down here because we have this closet on the side that's only full of Nerf guns. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that could be our new jewelry vault. Yeah. All right. I'll make Paul clean it out. I mean, you have a display case here. I mentioned it again because I'm sitting right next to it. Mm -hmm. it. It is. It has like LED lighting. It looks like it should have jewels in it. Mm -hmm. Rather, it has action figures, but yeah. which I suppose are important to him. But he could at least put one next to it. Right. And then fill it with nice, sparkly items. Yay. Yay. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to our episode. As always, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us, americrowndreams at gmail.com. We are reachable on Facebook and Instagram at americrowndreams and on Twitter at americrowndream. Just, just one. There's yes. only one. And I never tweet on it, but... <laughs> Maybe I I'll did fix retweet that. something today. Did you? I, I retweet. Did. I think I retweeted um, like a tweet about like a fancy house that used to be an estate that you can uh -huh. stay at that now is maybe a haunted like it's a haunted manor in England <laughs> where you can stay if you have a lot of money. Oh, sweet. So 
but that was like weeks ago. I'll try to be better. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.